Hey, listen to this cool, hip, rad song, man. Okay, man. said we're going to listen to a cool, hip, rad song, man. Do you want to hear another one, man? No way. We're listening to a podcast instead. Oh, wait. Which one? Just give me the aux cable. You'll love it. The aux cable has been plugged in, and now so are you. I am? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sweet. Today... On Brian and Matthew Appreciation Station Day, we answer Kristen's questions. Should you eat cold fries? What if you were dumped in the middle of the woods? Who has the best sweet tea? What if Disney ruled the world? Should you join the Illuminati? No! Well, there's one down. Not to mention all the guests we have. This week, on the Ash Cable! Welcome to the Ox Cable, the show where we get you plugged into advice on everything. Everything! I'm Jeff Ross. And I'm not Ryan Matlock. I'm Franklin. Yes. Franklin is here with me. That's right. We are the yacht. We we are the two people who have been chief editors on this project. Franklin is the utmost chief editor, but I have helped him where I can. This particular fan cast is in honor of the holiday that is happening on April 1st, 2018. There's three. That's right. The most important one, of course, is Easter, Resurrection Sunday, because without that, there'd be no reason to do this at all. Absolutely. The second holiday that a lot of people know about is April Fool's Day. Oh, yeah. Um, have you, you you have any uh, you have any uh, plans to prank anyone, Franklin, today? I have never been into pranking people, but uh, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> okay, all right. And then the third holiday is the whole reason why we made this fan cast and released it on this particular day. It is Ryan and Matthew Appreciation Station Day. 
if you're wondering why is April 1st, 2018, Ryan and Matthew Appreciation Station Day, it's because last year, in 2017, Kristen, the president of Top Hat, which again is the overly punny honor association of trolls, which resides on the not form of com. Kristen had the idea for April 1st, 2017 to be Brian and Matthew Appreciation Day, where everyone would send in emails saying thank you so much to them for making the podcast and for the impact they've had on people's lives. Well, this time around, in 2018, first of all, we have a new inside joke since last year, the station inside joke. So we renamed the holiday from Matthew and Ryan Appreciation Day to Ryan and Matthew Appreciation Station Day. And not only do we have a new inside joke, but also we decided to up our level of dedication station and celebration station for this holiday, and we decided to make a fan cast. And this fan cast, it's the best fan cast you're ever going to listen to. Right, Franklin? Oh, yeah. We've got guests. We've got questions. They are Kristen's questions. They are the cream of the crop of all questions. Yes. They are great. We tried to get as many faces, as many fanatical aux cable enthusiasts as we could onto this episode, and we got so many other special guests as well in celebration station of this amazing holiday. Yeah, I guess we'd better get started. I'm really excited for this first segment. I'm really excited for all all the the segments. segments. (laughs) Me too. Yep, so be sure to listen to every single moment of this fan cast. Every single (laughs) moment. That's right, Franklin. Thanks for bringing that up. You'll be happy to know that all of the questions on this episode are not relationship questions. What? That's right. Kristen made sure sure she didn't send us relationship questions unless there's a segment I'm forgetting about. You'll have to stay tuned for that. So here comes the first segment. Wow. Hello. Welcome to the next segment of the show. We'll go around the room and uh, introduce ourselves, give our rank and top hat, and our favorite cereal. I'm Franklin. Uh, I don't actually have a rank and top hat, and my favorite cereal is Cheerios. I am Brooke AC, and I am the Secretary of State of Top Hat, and my favorite cereal is also Cheerios. It is the cereal of childhood. I'm Josiah the Carrot Stick. I'm chairman of the board of directors top, of Top Hat, and I haven't had cereal in 10 years. Oh, okay, then. <laughs> That's a long time. That is a long time. Not even, like, hot cereal? No. I think I had some Cheerios when I was, like, three. Ah. Uh, so maybe it's more, like, more than 10 years, but that was a rough estimate. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, the question from Kristen we're going to be answering is, which fast food chain has the best sweet tea? So... Who's answering first? Uh, I actually did some research on this. I don't actually eat at fast food restaurants that much, and when I do, I just order water. But I did do the research for the prices, since I can't, I'm not going to go driving around buying sweet tea for this. I didn't taste it, basically. But from my research, and this probably varies from region to region. Oh, these are all small, by the way. At McDonald's, it costs $1. And that's actually the best price here. And Chick-fil-A is the next cheapest, which is $1.35. 
and Wendy's, Zaxby's, and Jack in the Box are all priced at $1.69. And Taco Bell is $1.49. And let's just go ahead and say this. Don't eat at Taco Don't Probably the iced tea at Taco Bell isn't worth drinking. I, I would not trust the tea at Taco Bell, no. That sounds a little um, concerning. I think choosing tea at Taco Bell would be a tragedy. Yeah. It's a pun! It's a, it's a pretty sweet pun there. So, I've never had sweet tea. <gasps> I am very northern. <laughs> I I have a tendency to drink one drink, specifically, and not really anything else. I may have had water in the last couple of weeks, but I really don't remember. Um, <laughs> What drink do you drink? I drink... What was that? I didn't... And what? So there was like this weird beeping going on when you said that. Mel... There it was again. That Can't was so weird. Can't you. What? Mel... Yeah, this is weird. Whenever heard... I try to say it, it, we just get this this strange noise blocking it out. Um, that is odd. This could be problematic. Like, Josiah, are you saying a bad word or something? Because I'm... Franklin... I'm, I wasn't aware that Franklin, it was such... Franklin, how but... dare you do that? Yeah, I mean, really. I, you should know better. Um... Well, all right. Well, okay. I guess it's up to me now. Yeah. I would say I have quite the opinion on sweet tea because I am from the southeast and I've been here all my life. But when it comes to fast food sweet tea, I would say that Chick-fil-A is definitely the best. Just everything about Chick-fil-A is really super great. They put they put thought into the making of their sweet tea. It is brewed, it's brewed hot like most sweet teas, and Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. ice is a little bit different than other restaurant ice. It's, is it more filling? No, it's a little bit more, like, it's smaller little pieces of the ice, and it melts easily when you pour the tea over it. And so, at Chick-fil-A, they fill the cup up all the way with ice instead of regular drinks where they fill it up about halfway. And so, when they pour the tea in, it melts some of the ice and waters it down. So, even though it's brewed sweeter than it's served, it comes out about even. And the team members at Chick-fil-A will be more than willing to give you a mix of either sweet tea and unsweet tea, or more ice, or less ice, they'll work for you. I see. Would it even be considered to be their pleasure? <laughs> it would be their pleasure. Mm, I thought so. I would I would probably agree with you that Chick-fil-A is the best sweet tea from fast food restaurants, even though, again, I haven't had sweet tea from a restaurant for a long time. But I wouldn't think that McDonald's sweet tea would be very good. In fact, I would think it'd be kind of... Uh, yeah, I am a bit apprehensive of getting sweet tea from McDonald's. Yeah, I... I mean, yeah, I don't know. Granted, I'm apprehensive <laughs> of fast food in general. I haven't been to a lot of fast food places recently. I know that, like, I have had sweet tea from a lot of places, and I hold that Chick-fil-A is superior in their fast food sweet tea. Yeah. From the list I had, McDonald's, of course, fails, probably. And Wendy's, I mean, all the drinks at Wendy's is mostly ice anyways, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Zaxby's is probably the only one that could hold up to Chick-fil-A, but it also looks like it's more expensive. I've never even heard of Zaxby's before. Really? Yeah. It's a it's a fried chicken place. Okay. It's probably not as good as, as a KFC. Do they have it up in your area? I'm not even sure. 
That might be I why. doubt it. That could, we that don't have most why. things in my area. So is that our final answer? Do we, do we I think the final answer is Chick-fil-A, but in my opinion, milk is probably still better. Oh, darn it, that's stupid beeping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really concerned here. Yeah, I, it's utterly disturbing. It, it really is. I don't know, but I guess if I if I didn't if I didn't say milk, then I might be a coward. So <laughs> why? That's getting all. That's that's not just disturbing. It's also getting a little annoying. Yeah, this is. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure I, out what I don't we're know if, saying. Like I don't know. Like how does the FCC even have the power to mute my speech? Like how how is this happening? Is it, is it what? But what is what's the word? Is it mint or is it like milk? Uh, Wait. Uh, th- there Whoa. we go. Whoa. Okay. It just beeped. It just beeped for you too. Sorry, y'all. Let's say. I I assume she said she said milk, but I, I I don't know. Yeah, I I I said milk. But I don't. I still don't know. What I I still don't know what you're saying. Josiah, what are you drinking? Milk. Ugh. Okay. Well. Sweet tea is good. Chick Fil A is best, and milk is censored. Yeah, apparently that is the case. Okay, well, this is fun. Okay then, well, I guess that's it for this segment of the show. And now we've come to the part of the fan cast that everyone has been waiting for. If you've been following on the Not Forum at com, you will know that I teased that we had a special guest on this fan cast. It would either be Corban Garcia, yours truly Chris, or Rick Astley. If you don't know who those people are, go check the Not Forum and we can fill you in. But now, it is time to reveal who this special guest is. My name is Jeff Ross, and I'm joined for this segment by... Corban Garcia. Garcia. Yay! Hello, everyone. Maybe Franklin has edited in a round of applause into this segment because everyone at home has been clapping and super excited that... that thank you, thank you. <laughs> ...that the legendary Corban Garcia is on the show. So, um, first off, Corban, we typically introduce guests on the Ox Cable podcast by telling our guests to state their name, rank, and favorite cereal. So, what is well, yours? my name is Corban Garcia. Uh, my rank, I guess, is a professional show notes writer podcaster, co-host of Rocket to Anywhere. I do all sorts of other stuff, YouTube as well. Uh, my favorite cereal is something, you know, a question I have to face every morning, mm-hmm. wake up. You got to look in the pantry, you say, which one should I pick? And I haven't tried, you know, vent- ever ventured out into a lot of different types of cereals. Living in a fairly large city, there aren't a lot of small, like, cereal brands that sell around here. You know, you got your big names like the Cap'n Crunch and so on. Mm-hmm. And over the years of eating cereal, I have really only stuck with one cereal that I don't hate. Okay. But I don't really love, and that's Honey Nut Cheerios. So that's your go-to if you only have one cereal? That's the one you have? Yeah. Because, I mean, you can do all sorts of stuff with it. You can eat it with yogurt. You can sometimes, some juices, I've heard. I've never tried it with juice. <laughs> but I would usually only do it with yogurt or milk. Whoa. Now, my follow-up question then is, what is your favorite kind of yogurt? Strawberry banana. 
Mm, that sounds good. For me, I'm, I don't know if earlier or at a different part of the podcast, I've already introduced myself, but I will do it again. My name is Jeff Ross. My top hat rank is how dare you? And my favorite cereal at the moment is Cracklin Oat Bran. Yeah, I've been trying to get into bran recently. Mm, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's an interesting... <laughs> they, it's they an interesting texture. Yes, yes. They don't tout the cereal for its flavor. They tout it for its mm-hmm. health benefits. Maybe the viewers will write in the comments their own brand serial stories. Now, Corban, you said you are the host of the Rocket to Anywhere podcast. Yes. Which you do with your sister, if I recall correctly. Yeah, my sister Sophia. Is she listening? Probably. Probably. Okay. Hi, Sophia. When this comes out. <laughs> when this comes out, yes. And you've seen uh, The Princess Bride, right? I have not. You haven't. Well, this will make a lot more sense if you ever see it, okay? Because a lot of sorry for the <laughs> sorry for the booing crowds out there. Yes, there are quite a, quite a few boos in the crowd. There's a quote in the movie that if you ever see it, you'll you'll think of this. If you ever host a solo episode of Rocket to Anywhere where it's just you, this <laughs> what you could say at the beginning of the episode is, <clears throat> "My name is Corban Garcia. You've found my podcast." Prepare to fly. <laughs> I might use that clip. <laughs> that will make a whole lot more sense once you've seen Princess Bride. There's a character in there who says a phrase similar to that over and over and over again in the movie. There's some mm-hmm. people who are really enjoying that reference right now and some people who aren't. So we'll continue. Um, we do have a couple of questions to answer. Um, the, All right. The first one I received was from Gabe Miller. The person who wrote the theme music for the aux cable, he says, what is a skill that you have that we might not know about or expect? Hmm. I thought this over when I saw the question this morning and I consulted my sister, asked her, hey, like, do I have any skills? Yes, you do. Yes, you do, Corban. You have skills. I couldn't come up with anything really that interesting. And I just, I've had Arthur on my mind for a while, the great 90s television show, still running today. Mm-hmm. And interesting, re- relating to that is, I think, I can remember the plot to almost every Arthur episode. Like, if you give me the title, I'll remember the plot. It's interesting that I've been like a fan of it for so long, but that's my interesting skill. That is interesting. I will now, right now, I will Google Arthur episode titles. And I will see if you really do remember the plots. So here is a random episode that's called I'm a Poet. Okay, this is an episode where Fern... um, Hold on, let me get this right. Fern doesn't think her poetry is that good, but after some series of events realizes that she can actually write poetry. You said you've appeared on several Arthur podcasts, actually. The Elwood City Limits podcast, which at the time of this recording, will be featuring Jordan Taylor uh, on this week's episode. Whoa, we might need an episode number for that. Jordan will be on, let me see if I can pull this up. Jordan will be on episode 62. Okay. To uh, discuss Arthur's almost live, not real musical 
their special musical episode. Oh, that sounds like fun. I'm sure there will be people who will check that out after listening to this fancast. Here's a, a tip for listeners out there who listen to other podcasts or maybe the aux cable or the inner tube and if you're looking for like an episode where like a certain guest host was there or like they talked about something the host talked about something and the website doesn't have a search like the inner tube website currently doesn't have a search bar Mm -hmm. a tip is to go to google and type what you're searching for hit the space bar and then at the end of what you're searching for type site colon and then the URL of the website. Google will then only search for stuff on the website that you want to search from. That is a good tip. And I have used that several times for information. I'm pretty confident that most listeners are wanting our answer to this next question because Kristen, the president of Top Hat, has asked it, can I swim in a water tower? Very interesting question, to which I was originally skeptical that it would be possible. But after doing some quick Google searches and watching a couple of YouTube videos featuring the insides of unused water towers, I believe, if possible, you know, if, if given the proper permission, because like you don't want to contaminate the entire water supply of your town, right. uh, it would be possible to swim inside a water tower. To get in, there are ladders on the side of the water towers leading to the top where there's like a manhole cover, so you would open that up, drop mm-hmm. in, and there shouldn't be too much water pressure according to my research, as uh, most water towers are usually only filled like three-fourths of the way up. There's millions of gallons of water in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a fun fact. The only two problems you would really have are the lack of light, only light coming in through one hole at the top. So if you cared about seeing around in there, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And getting back out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you might want to have a light, you got it. light with you to try to see your way back out. Did any of those videos you saw show them getting out? The the way they were able to get out was like dropping a rope down, like they would tie a rope, secure it around, like a like a hook out there. Mm-hmm. But you gotta have some really strong strength to pull yourself back up, grip that thing. Right. So, my final answer for Kristen is yes, you could swim in a water tower, as long as you got the proper permissions. Like I don't want to be drinking it and wondering what that weird taste <laughs> is. <laughs> right, right. Um, I would like to add that, uh, first of all, in order to swim in a water tower, you must be able to swim. Uh, I don't yeah, entirely yes. know if Kristen... I'm sure she has taken swimming lessons and has figured out how to navigate herself through the water, but if you don't know how to swim, a water tower is not the place you want to learn. Definitely. Okay, uh, that is the questions that I have. Anything else, Corban, before we finish this segment? Uh, I guess that's all for me. Thank you to all the faces, aces, and everyone else for inviting me to come here and be on the fancast. Yes, absolutely. And we're happy you were able to make it. And we definitely want to give a big thanks to Ryan and Matthew for making the aux cable. It is an absolute blessing to be able to hear and interact with them and with the podcast. Quick question, Corban. How did you find out about the aux cable? Uh, I believe there was an inner tube episode where Kevin mentioned that Ryan was starting a podcast. And so for the show notes, or as Ox Cable calls it, the show links, <laughs> I uh, 
went over to Ryan's Twitter and saw he had tweeted about it. So I went to go listen to the first episode, and that's how I found out about the aux cable. And that's actually how I found out about it, too, was from the inner tube and them telling about it and you putting that link in the show notes. Although I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd heard about Ryan and Matthew on their Adventures in Odyssey podcast a while back. I think I might have listened to it, but I didn't remember who they were. Okay. Yeah, I didn't find out about their Odyssey stuff until after listening to the aux cable. So it's kind of fun to go back and listen to some of that, thinking of where they are now versus how did they get here. My thanks to Corban for joining me for this segment. Thanks for having me. And this concludes this particular segment of the podcast. Bye. Bye. In this segment of the FanCast, we have Awkward Potato and Super Chris here to... An- Hello. What? Did I say something wrong? No, I, I was saying heyo. Heyo, it's Super Chris. That's yeah. right. Okay. We have Awkward Potato and Super Chris here with us. We have turned to our resident experts to answer one of Kristen's questions. But before we do that, we are going to introduce them by means of name, rank, and favorite cereal. So first, let's start off with the superhero. Chris, what is your favorite cereal? Cradle Life, hands down. My hands are down. Awkward Potato, what is your rank and favorite cereal? My top hat rank is the official hug dealer, and my favorite cereal is probably Cinnamon Life. Ooh, that's a good one, too. We're going to go ahead and answer one of Kristen's questions. And the question is, can anyone stand cold french fries? If so, are they psychotic? In answering this question, we're going to start with Chris. Chris, you are the fast food expert on this panel. What is your response to this question? Basically, if you're hungry when you're working fast food and you get a chance, you don't care if the fries are hot or cold. Okay. But they are very starchy if you eat them cold. Interesting. Now I'm going to ask our resident potato on the french fry question, what is your opinion on this? Well, for one, I don't endorse cannibalism, so... I can't really give a a good answer to this question. I feel like if Chris is going to eat some of my friends, he might be a bit psychotic in the first place, whether they're hot or cold. Mm Mm-hmm. Would you like to respond to this, Chris? She has a lot of eyes, so she can see everything. I see everything. Uh Aha. So, I could be psychotic. I'll find out when I eat some more potatoes. You're going to eat more? Hopefully, awkward potato isn't that. Hopefully. (laughs) How are you going to eat more after this conversation? (laughs) How can you live with yourself? How can you live with the guilt? (laughs) (laughs) It's confirmed Chris is psychotic. I guess I am. Oh, well. (laughs) Okay, so it seems like the uh, overall opinion here is that both people and french fries are psychotic in this circumstance. Indeed, the potatoes are psychotic because they have an inferiority complex from being cold, and it just drives them insane. Whoa. Trust me, I know. Do we need to raise awareness on this particular issue? Do we need to start a campaign of some sort with a hashtag? Yes, we need a hashtag. We definitely do. Okay. How about raise potato awareness? How can we raise a potato if they're grounded? <laughs> well, hmm. the way you raise anything else when it's grounded, you make it no longer it grounded. Up. You dig it up, you pull it out. But what? It, but then it can't go back to its roots. 
it's rude. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, if we don't raise it out, we can't have fries. So that's true. I guess I'm for all the raising awareness issue. Okay. Raising awareness so the potatoes aren't raised for fries. Exactly. They're raised out of the ground so they can succeed in life and not be chopped up into fries. Okay. You know I'm gonna backstab on that statement though, right? What? I'm gonna backstab on that statement though. <laughs> oh dear. How dare you? <laughs> hmm. What would be a good hashtag for raising awareness for this? Eat the gold fries. Mm-hmm. Hashtag eat all the fries. No. That would be uh, the opposite of what we're <laughs> raising awareness for. I guess we could have a competition and see whether our face audience has been persuaded and whether they're going to hashtag eat the cold fries or hashtag not eat the cold fries. That might yeah, work. we could have competing mm-hmm. hashtags. That'd work. Yes. The hashtags for this episode, then, for raising awareness on this issue, are you hashtag eat the cold fries or hashtag not eat the cold fries? And hopefully this sheds some light on our audience, on our listener base, and helps to bring attention to this issue and start a discussion on whether or not eating cold french fries is really psychotic. You decide. Yes. The listeners shall decide. New development. New development. Yes, indeed. Um, Okay, so to close out this segment, anything you guys want to say special for Ryan and Matthew Appreciation Station Day? Chris, do you have something or do you want me to go first? You go first. I would just like to say... Thank you, Ryan and Matthew, for making the podcast and making it possible for all of us to get on here and argue about french fries. All right, Super Chris, what do you have? Thanks, Ryan and Matthew, for creating this Ox Cable Group. I didn't expect to be part of a community like this, so I'm very grateful for it. Good luck to you guys, and I'll catch you guys later. All right. All right. And that concludes this segment of the podcast. In this segment of the podcast, I... Jeff Ross am joined by a couple of special guests. First up, I did tease on the Not Forum that in this episode we would have either Corban Garcia, yours truly Chris, or Rick Astley on this podcast. And in this segment, we are joined by yours truly Chris, Chris McGowan. Chris, great to have you here. It's awesome to be on here. Thanks for having me. Also, we have another special guest. Please welcome Chris Howard. Hey! I'm just clapping for myself. How sad is that? Hi! (laughs) I'm sure there are people at home right now clapping, or maybe even Franklin has edited in more applause, (laughs) just to make sure that everyone knows that this is a big deal. Maybe he put in a fanfare or something. I don't know. We'll hear it on the playback. So, uh, first off, guests on the show we like to introduce with name, rank, and favorite cereal. So, first up, here's truly Chris. What is yours? My name is Alexander Nell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Uh, my name's Chris, and I guess my rank would be Master Rickroller or the King of the Comments section. I can confirm both of those. Some of the listeners will know you as the first shall be last guy. <laughs> <laughs> Another name as well. But I've noticed also that in your comments you have been, like, re-innovating that remark. You haven't kept it stagnant or stale. You're continually pushing the envelope for what you can do with that form of comment. 
on different videos. Yes, because YouTube has spammed the original comment. As soon as you type in the first realize it goes right to a spam box. So yeah, I had to get creative in order for it to appear in people's uh, comments. Whoa, that is interesting. I'm sure all the faces know plenty about spam. Um, <laughs> so you said your rank. What is your favorite cereal? Favorite cereal? I mean, I'd have to go with Captain Crunch. Ooh. Classic. I mean, because it's all sugary. <laughs> yes. Relatable. Best kind of breakfast cereal. All right. Um, Chris Howard, name, rank, and favorite cereal. Well, my name is Chris Howard. <laughs> I love to say my rank is Master Commander. But let's be honest, I'm just a private. <laughs> you can call yourself whatever you want to, and the faces will just write it in as that's what it is because it's canon now well, it's in an episode <laughs> well in that case i am the master commander <laughs> very true and uh i don't know i've been on a life serial kick lately just i can't get enough of this stuff again i'm with chris it's so sugary yes now that we have the introductions done we have a very special question for y'all to answer today this one comes from our master question writer president of Top Hat, Kristen, who writes, Ooh, how, how can I safely live <laughs> on the sun? Oh, oh, there's a very easy answer. So you have your house, right, on the surface? Only go outside at night. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. So if you want to live on the sun, buy some solar panels, some heavy freight. They're not too um, Ooh. badly priced. Don't buy from a cylinder at that company went out of business. <laughs> see, see, Chris is thinking green over here. Which is an interesting thing to be thinking about, because when I think of the sun, I don't think of green at all. I think of <laughs> yellow and red and orange. Green is not what I think of at all. I mean, technically, the sun is, like, the, the, the white is, like, all the colors combined. So... That is true. That is true. Not to be that guy, but I'm totally <laughs> that guy right now. Or actually... I mean, doesn't everybody in California live in the sun? <laughs> it's another day of sun. Now, I have discussed this question with some other faces. Not their answer, but just the question itself. Because some of the faces were wondering why you would want to live on the sun in the first place. I mean, isn't it obvious? Imagine, like, the, the super cheap solar power. Okay. I, I guess you could say it would be sunderful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally doing finger guns right now, but you can't see it. I'm sure Franklin will put in some sound effects to make it sound pew, like pew, pew, actual pew, Chris Howard pew, finger guns. Pew, pew, pew. Put in some like, air horns. Well, just make Franklin's life as difficult as possible. <laughs> oh, it's the sound of an elephant and now a lion. He's going to hate me. If that part makes it into the final segment, <laughs> you'll know that he had enough time to put the sound effects in. And if it's not there, then Doing lions gives me you know the why. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Franklin. He is the best editor that the faces could ask for. Now, I'm going to ask this one to yours truly, Chris. Kristen asked about safely living on the sun, but um, what is your recommendation for uh, traveling there? Ooh. I don't know. I mean, have we ever sent a human to the sun? I mean, we've sent them to Mars, but we haven't sent humans to Mars yet. 
that's the opposite direction, but <laughs> they haven't sent people to the sun because they obviously would get burnt up. Mm-hmm. So you, you I, think, I don't know. You think that's obvious, but you know, Kristen, Kristen really wants to know about if there's a possibility. Go to Death Valley if you want to get. <laughs> Maybe Kristen has been to Death Valley. Maybe she hasn't. I'm sure we'll hear about it in the comment section from <laughs> somebody saying, hey, Kristen has been there, or Kristen hasn't been there, or she's going there as soon as <laughs> she finishes listening to the episode. I don't know. <laughs> what if What if you, you hitchhike um, via the uh, Tesla car that's currently in space? Ooh. That would be a fun idea. I don't know if it would work, but that would be so much fun to try. <laughs> yeah, details, details. Is there any other aspect of this question that I'm missing? Because Kristen really does some deep thinking before she asks these questions, and I want to make sure we've answered this as thoroughly as we can. I do know in the Sunday paper, look for the coupons for Harbor Freight, and you will find coupons. I think it's like $139 for like a a set of three of solar panels. So if you are in the market for them, that's the cheapest place. They're not too bad. And hashtag spawn. No, <laughs> go pick yourself up some. Oh, I, I'm I'm not a big fan of Harbor Freight. I mean, <laughs> I, call, I call it Harbor Bait because they try to bait you in the store with coupons. Oh. And then people go into the store. I usually wait outside, so I call it Harbor Bait. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my, my title of the pun guy is being taken by the other Chris. This isn't fair. Now there are going to be all sorts of Chris-spiracy theories about whether oh you my. two are really one person or tube. Tube people. Actually, all my puns have rubbed off of me from Lion and Chris, so... <laughs> okay. To close out this segment, um, is there anything in particular you, either of you or both of you would like to say to Ryan and Matthew in honor of Ryan and Matthew Appreciation Station Day? Do you want to go first, Chris, or should I go? I'll go first. Okay, go for it. Thank you for running for president in 2016. You were the one only candidate that was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Truth. In case you don't know, I mean, most people should know, but Ryan Matlock wrote a satire article about how he wanted to run for president. And he had like this hashtag going, it was like hashtag Ryan19 for pres or something. Okay. So on election day, I actually, no kidding, wrote in Ryan Matlock. Wow. There you go, Ryan. <laughs> that's commitment. That's fandom. That's appreciation. You sure were to Ryan to get him in. <laughs> To a position of authority. <laughs> yes. I feel bad because I barely know Matthew. Other than he was one of the early patrons on Kevin's page that was like mentioned at the end because I remember how Kevin would say, thank you, Matthew Bird. And then he'd like end the episode. Yeah, when I first mentioned to members of my family about the podcast, one of them immediately said, oh, that's the guy who sponsors Kevin's videos. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. That is where I've heard the name before. 
I always thought like Bird was just like, oh, it's a, a funny like ending. No, that's like his real last name, right? Mm-hmm. As far as I know. He, that's you so met him, cool. Chris, at the first Blimey Con. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's not just robbing us of that <laughs> knowledge of his first name. Oh, that reminds me of the Baskin Robbins discussion you had on the live stream earlier. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, yes. it's on my bucket list now to go get some bubblegum ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. <laughs> yes, I'm. I would also like to say, Ryan, I challenge you to a third pun off because I've been practicing and it's going down. You're going, you're, you're, you will be punned or me, my pun level. Never mind. Okay, maybe I need more practice. <laughs> Underneath your level. Do we want to quickly talk about the one thing, I guess the one tech tip or whatever? We'll squeeze that in. We sure can. What, what, uh, I don't know how to phrase that question. <laughs> so, you, you phrase the question, and we'll get that answered. What's the best strategy for live streams? What's the best Ooh. strategy for live stream? That is an excellent question, and I might even have it edited so it makes it sound like I just asked it. That. <laughs> <laughs> so that the audience thinks I, I totally had this all down. Um, so, so Do a little bit of pitch shifting. <laughs> So yours truly, Chris, what is your tip for live stream? I guess the best thing for live streaming is to really be yourself and interact with the people, especially in the chat. And I feel like one of my stronger things is, and this is very a lot harder for people, especially when you don't have unlimited data like mm. I do, but when you can go out and about and interact with others and interact with your audience. Daniel Elliott was with me last week and we went around this park. Yes. And we were making puns and just having a grand old time. I saw that appear in my subscription feed, but it was like right after it had finished. And I was uh, like, oh, I wanted to see that. <laughs> you still can. I usually leave my um, live streams unlisted. So if people got the notification, they missed it. They can go back and watch it. Mm. So if you if you really want to see that, go back and watch it. But anyway, that's, that's what I have to say is, interact with your audience interact with your surroundings and just be yourself mm, dropping them true <laughs> bombs <laughs> hashtag by the troops <laughs> okay Chris Howard what is your what's one of your live stream tips well uh, Chris just took everything I was going to say <laughs> but yeah like at the end of the day you're doing it to have fun and like when you're yeah, just like don't take yourself so seriously because it's not a video, so you don't really need to put an insane amount of like work into it, right? Like you mm-hmm. you want to make the person watching feel like they are right there with you, not that they're looking at their phone or their laptop or whatever you will, but mm-hmm. that they're standing there with you, right? That kind of natural like yeah, it's a it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. The live stream you just completed, you actually had a person represent people like standing in the room conversing with you <laughs> yeah uh, so if you're you're probably listening to this a little bit afterwards but yeah like um, one of my friends popped in to, to hang out so it was like oh yeah yeah come on the live stream so if it, that's that's the context right there one quick follow-up question based on those tips that you guys have given how do you balance between interacting with people and things around you and interacting with Ooh. your viewing audience Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. 
you know, I, I'm going to say this, and Chris on tonight's live stream had his friend come in. I think he mentioned because his friend that joined him in real life was part of a different friend group. It was hard for <laughs> her to really understand, like, inside jokes and stuff that was happening in the chat. Mm-hmm. Whereas yes. me, about a year ago, I was in California and hung out with Chris on his live stream. It was just completely natural because I knew the people on the live stream, all the inside mm-hmm. jokes and stuff. So I guess that's part of it is just knowing the audience and also, uh, what was I going to say? So, yeah, uh, knowing your audience and respecting the ability of your guest to relate to said audience. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Anything to add to that, Chris Howard? That was like so much better than what I was going to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just going to throw something in like, you know, I, I think you should like make the audience your like priority because if you want to just like just interact with your environment, right? You, you make a video like the whole point of live streaming is the interactivity. And mm-hmm. so like, yeah, you can like interact with your surroundings, but also make sure that your focus is the interaction with the viewers. Okay. Finally, you guys are both expert live streamers. Are either of you on Twitch or thinking of Twitch anytime soon? Because I know that has been in the news recently with Mm. some of the biggest live streams ever recorded. (laughs) Recorded. Recorded. Okay. (laughs) Me personally, I haven't really just because like my target demographic, if you will, which I still cringe saying that because it's like makes people sound like stats. But yeah, like it's a fact is 18 to 24 year old homeschool people. And that's not really the majority of people on Twitch. That audience is much more on YouTube and Twitter. Okay. And so that's really where I focus a lot more of my attention and like where I can relate a lot more to that group, you know, mm-hmm. versus like if I if I do more on Twitch, I can't relate as much to the more typical like uh, like gamer nerdy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't mean that in a derogatory way at all. I love that whole like, you know, there's definitely a different type of viewer that is on Twitch. Than is on YouTube live streams. I just feel like I couldn't relate with the community as well. But that's just me personally. I have nothing against the platform. I'm honestly a little excited that YouTube has a uh, competitor. Okay. I guess I have to agree with Chris Howard on that. My channel, yours truly, Chris, has built an audience the past year and a half with the first shot of the last comment. And I I really want the audience to stick around. So I haven't Mm -hmm. thought about going to Twitch. At the same time, I like how you can live stream on your phone through YouTube. It's just so easy. Mm-hmm. Right? You can virtually do it anywhere as long as you have a cell phone or a Wi-Fi signal, basically. Right? <laughs> hey, now, we learned in the latest Blimey Cow that right is not a phrase word you could be using. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just got Blimey Cowed. <laughs> I'm kidding. The context for that was totally different. So, <laughs> And YouTube was very late to the live stream game. I think Periscope, which is, I think, sort of dead at this point mm-hmm. instagram live streaming facebook live had all beat mm-hmm. youtube but youtube's finally caught up and they've done it very well you know it's a shame that that other live stream platform is all but gone because then you guys could be on it and it'd be called pear chris scope oh <laughs> so 
Sorry. <laughs> no, that was beautiful. <laughs> All right. I think then we have really done a great job on this segment. Any final words before I wrap this up? Uh, Ryan and Matthew, thank you guys so much for everything that you do. It's been wonderful to be a part of this community you've created and just to know you guys. You're awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. We love you. Yes. Yours truly, Chris. Ryan Matthew's just two great guys, I mean, especially Ryan. Just he's very down to earth and mm-hmm. wonderful guy. I guess other than that, the first shall be last. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Woo! Now, with your down-to-earth comment, I believe that means that um, he won't be following Kristen's footsteps toward the sun. Oh, <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. All right. Um, this concludes this excellent segment of the fan cast. And you heard it right here, guys. Both Chris's say that there should be more and more Aux Cable episodes. Yes. This concludes this segment of the fan cast. Adios. I'm Chris Howard, and I approve this message. Yes. <laughs> we we will put that like at the end maybe, like after the <laughs> like I'm Chris Howard and I prove this message and that that would be perfect. <laughs> now for this segment of the podcast, I, Jeff Ross, am joined by Sarah Iddings and Joshua Schultz, and we have a question to answer from Kristen. Ooh. It is a question that Exciting. It's a very nuanced question. It is very, very interesting. It's probably one you're thinking of right now if you're listening to this. And the question is, if dumped in the middle of the woods, what five things would you want with you? Joshua, I want to hear your things first because you said ahead of time that you knew exactly what you would want if you were dumped in the woods. Well, I know exactly what the first thing is. Oh. An ox cable. An ox cable. <laughs> that is a great answer. I'm guessing you're going to need some other things, though, than just an ox cable. So what else? Uh-huh. What other four things would you want with you? Well, let's see. Probably my ukulele. Okay. Uh, probably a missile launcher. Let's just go with that. <laughs> it's easier to kill things with. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure yet why you'd need to kill those things, but... Okay, let's let's roll with it. We have an aux cable, a ukulele, and a missile launcher. <laughs> what are the other two things you would like with you? Probably an axe, just imagining that I could cut down a tree. Okay. And medieval armor. Medieval armor. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because I'm scared of animals. Okay, so you have medieval armor... You have an aux cable, you have a ukulele, you have a missile launcher, and you have an axe. So, what are you going to do with those things in the middle of the woods? I guess is the follow-up question. Well, with the aux cable, I uh, would have the aux cable podcast, because you have to have that to live. And with my ukulele, I can play music. I guess you're assuming you have like a How? phone or something with you in the... Yeah, like, how are you playing the aux cable? (laughs) 
Because, like, I was just imagining you running around through the woods with, like, a, a really long ox cable and maybe, <laughs> I don't know, using it to strangle small animals so that you had food. There's an idea. I guess we didn't specify how long the ox cable was, so maybe it does go out of the woods miles away to somebody who has the recording <laughs> playing in their house. <laughs> Totally. Yeah, let's go with hey, that. That's, that is how he escapes the woods. He just reels himself back in to the house by following the ox cable. And then the ox <laughs> cable has literally saved his life. Yes. Yes. This is brilliant. <laughs> I'm still questioning the missile launcher, though, because you have armor, you have an axe. What do you need the missile launcher for? <laughs> To kill really big animals so I can't have food. <laughs> You'd have bear guts strewn everywhere. I'm, I'm just... I'm picturing that... Uh, the one time I saw... Um, like Mythbusters did a, a an episode on shooting fish in a barrel. It does sound like and Mythbusters. How, um, if you have a gun, just the shooting into a barrel like just the shock waves from the bullet hitting the water will kill the fish because of how powerful it is so at one point they took like a machine gun and just wailed into a barrel with a fish and everything was destroyed but it was so much fun that's just what i'm picturing when i'm seeing this missile launcher going after this bear or whatever ferocious creatures out there maybe Maybe there's an evil Sasquatch or something in these woods. I don't know. But, like, <laughs> everything is destroyed <laughs> with this mythal monster. Yep. <laughs> Not much of a nature guy. I wonder how the blowback of that would feel in the armor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, it's probably uh, not. You'd just be, like, paralyzed standing there vibrating in your metal armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Probably ring your ears really, really badly. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd probably echo inside the helmet after you launch the missile. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe I'd lose the helmet first <laughs> and replace it with earplugs. But now you have a sixth thing in the woods. Oh. Maybe I'll just take the earplugs then. <laughs> and instead of the armor or the missile launcher? Instead of the armor. Okay. Wow, you're a lot less protected now. (laughs) I guess he's assuming that uh, with a missile launcher, no one's going to mess with him. That's fair. I wouldn't mess with him. (laughs) Okay, um, so now, Sarah, since we're not... don't have unlimited time, I'm going to twist this question just a little bit for you. Rather than saying, if you were dumped in the middle of the woods, what five things would you want with you? The question is, if you were dumped by your hypothetical boyfriend in the middle of the woods, what five things would you want with you? Oh, goodness. I See, I had my answer all planned out for this, and now I have to think of something different. Okay. I didn't write the question. Um, I didn't hmm. write the question. That's, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Hmm. Maybe I would want the same things with me. Okay. What were those things? Let's, let's hear them. I would want to have my hydro pack. So it's like a backpack that has a water packet built inside of it. I'd want that with does me. Does it work like a jetpack? Yes. It doesn't, but that would be kind of oh, neat. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I'd probably hit trees. That would actually be really dangerous if I had a jetpack in the woods. Mm, good point. Good point. <laughs> I'd probably hit trees and catch things on fire, and that would not be awesome. But no, um, I would have my hydro pack with okay. me. I would have a flashlight with me. 
then I would also That's, that's have... good, because I assume that the sun was shining this whole time in the woods, but I guess maybe maybe not. The sun sets in the woods. <laughs> I mean, we don't know how long we're going to be stuck in the woods for. <laughs> that's true. All right, so third thing now. We have a hydro pack. We have a flashlight. I'm yep. assuming the flashlight encompasses the batteries and everything else necessary for yeah. it to, to work. Yeah, like it, 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 that's we're all not like gonna... it's a unit. It comes with batteries. I, yeah, I, I don't think... <laughs> I don't yeah, think Chris and like maybe it's a crank flashlight <laughs> just in case the batteries died. That'd be a lot of work, but I've used a crank flashlight before. It's not it yeah. sounds like a good idea. It doesn't actually last as long as you'd want it to. But okay. Yeah. That's so, unfortunate. So we have a hydro pack flashlight. What's the third thing? I would have my, my backpacking sleeping bag that can fold up super small and be carried inside of my backpack. Okay. And then I would have a replicator from Star Trek so that I could have unlimited food. Okay. That's a good idea. And then I would have a TARDIS so that when I felt like it, I could go home. And I would also have shelter. <laughs> that is very, very true. As long as you have the TARDIS of those five things, you could probably get by just fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, just the TARDIS and the replicator would totally just get me through the whole thing. The other couple of things are just like, hey, that'd be kind of nice. Mm-hmm. So if you were dumped then in the forest, you'd, if you had the TARDIS, you'd just get in their TARDIS and leave probably then. There's probably, probably. not much else to do. <laughs> Actually, if I, were dump, if I were dumped in the middle of the woods, I would guess that I would be somewhat emotionally distraught and I'd probably just go for a really long hike immediately afterwards because that would help me feel better. Okay. Um, I know I'd get an adrenaline rush. Depending upon my relationship with the guy, like, if it ended on a good note or a really, really awful note, I mean, like, if he was just, like, a total jerk and he was horrible and abusive and I just wanted to get away from him, I'd probably just pack everything in the TARDIS and go to some other portion of the woods and then I would take a hike and just leave him to figure things out for himself. Mm -hmm. If he was, like, super, super awful and dangerous to be around or something like that. But if it was, like... Breaking up with, like, I had a boyfriend back a few years ago, and we broke up, and it was really sad, but right after we broke up, the two of us, like, we were still pretty decent friends and stuff, mm-hmm. and so even though we literally just broke up, yeah. we just kind of stood there talking for a while, and then we're like, hey, let's go for a walk, and so the two of us went for a walk for, like, three hours after we broke up. So so if we ended the relationship <laughs> on good terms, he and I would probably go hiking together and talk things out and then part ways. So in the woods, were you, yes. were you like, did your walk go through the woods when you went hiking? No, unfortunately, the, wait, when I actually, when I broke up with my boyfriend in real life? Yeah. Unfortunately not. That would have been kind of cool, but it was actually through town, which wasn't bad either. We ended up walking to a park though. So like there were trees, but it wasn't really the woods. I was just thinking it would have been like really specific that Kristen would have asked this question and then you got it if you had actually been dumped and then gone through the woods. I thought that would have been very That would have been really experience. That would have been really funny. And I think if we had broken up in North Carolina, we actually would have probably been in the woods because there's a lot of woods near my house. But back where I lived in Washington, it was kind of a desert, and so you had to drive for like 45 minutes before you got to the woods. Aha. Uh-huh. I guess if I'm dumped in the woods, what I'd want is a, a cell phone with some service, 
whether that be a normal cell phone or a satellite phone or something like that, so that I could find my way out if I needed to get out. And then probably I'd want a Model T to drive in to get out of the woods. <laughs> and then I'd be just fine. I don't think I'd need those other three things. Maybe... So with the with the Model T, I'm wondering now, like after you drive out of the woods, like did you just break up with Kristen or are you going to drive out and propose to Kristen? It would be driving out and proposing that she take the Model T and I'll just go for a walk somewhere else. Gotcha. So that she, you know, she can say that she's been proposed on a Model T, but like not actually proposed on a Model T. That would be the whole point of being I like it. being using that vehicle to get out of there. Then you need to bring camera, too. Um, okay. I like it. <laughs> I think that answers Kristen's question. I think she knows now Sweet. Like some great ideas. If she is dumped in the middle of the woods for some reason, whatever the circumstances. Or if she gets dumped in the middle of the right, woods. If, if that happens, now she has some ideas of what she might possibly want with her. So she can plan ahead. She can go out and buy mm-hmm. that missile launcher, and she can go out there and rent that Model T. And uh, she can go out there and get that flashlight and have that with her. And she will now be be all ready. Yeah, totally. All right. Yeah. So uh, anything else you guys want to say for Ryan and Matthew Appreciation Station Day? I love you guys. I wouldn't be a podcaster if it wasn't for you two. It's all your fault. Okay. Uh, what, what about you, Joshua? Anything you want to say? Fare thee well. That is an excellent thing to say. Um, I think at some point in this podcast, I say some more good things about how much I appreciate Ryan and Matthew. So this is where we stop and go to the next segment. Did you know that one of the band members of Anthem Lights played a minor role in God's Not Dead 2? His name is Spencer Kane, and he was the teenager who sent the text message to his parents. You could say the text left us in suspense. And that's all I got. Hey everyone, this is Wiley Coyote, a.k.a. Becca. I'm going to read you some amazing fun facts that may or may not be true off of my Snapolids. And, I mean, they're Snapolids, so they're, of course, 100% true, right? So, here we go. The Grand Canyon could hold about 900 trillion footballs. The name of the city that we call Bangkok is 115 letters long in the Thai language. That was really impressive to me. To be honest, that one was really cool for me to hear. The word utopia, an ideal place, ironically comes from a Greek word that means no place. So that's really funny because it's a good place to go, but in the Greek meaning it's no place. Alright, and last but not least, Elvis was a natural blonde. That one's kind of cheesy, and I don't know how true it is, but thanks for listening to Random Facts. This is Wiley Coyote, a.k.a. Becca, a.k.a. the official minstrel of the Top Hat Foundation. Thank you for listening. Have a great Easter! So for this next segment, we're going to do something a little bit differently. Due to time constraints in production, this segment is going to be more unedited than the other segments in this fan cast, meaning that we didn't cut out a lot of the awkward pauses, we didn't cut out a lot of the ums, uhs, or crutch words. We did, however, edit out a big chunk in the middle that was not any conversation, it was just dealing with technical difficulties. Here's the background for this particular segment. So it starts off with three faces on the call. Franklin, myself, Jeff Ross, and Rise of the Kumquat, Troy Wolbrand. 
We start this call with the intent of answering one of Kristen's most important questions. Unfortunately, afterward, we found out that Troy's audio did not save properly, and therefore the conversation would have to be scrapped. However, not wanting this gem of an answer to go to waste, Troy Wolbrandt, Rise of the Kumquat, whose audio did not save, decided to make the sacrifice and re-record his audio the best he could. Therefore, what you are about to hear does contain audio that was not in the original, but it's pretty close to the original. Please enjoy, and please be kind in the comments. Are you are you all, uh, all ready, Troy? Oh yeah, absolutely. What kind of stupid person do you have to be to not check your audio levels for something like this? Just absolutely. Ready to go. Awesome. Are you ready on your end, Franklin? Okay. So we're going to go ahead and uh, clap then on the count of three so that we have some way of lining these files up when we get to this, okay? One, two, three. Okay. I clap a whole bunch of times just for fun. All right. <clears throat> oh, wait. Can I go one more time? I want to be super sure that's... Uh... <laughs> sure. That's fine. <laughs> Ready? Yeah, I'm super one, responsible. Two, ah, clapping. Three. All right. And for this segment of the podcast, we have... Um, well, I'm Jeff Ross, and I'm joined by Franklin and... Hi. Uh, and Rise of the Kumquat. Hey! <laughs> so, first off, we have to do um, name rank and uh, favorite cereal Ooh, for right. Rise of the Kumquat. What, <laughs> what is your favorite cereal? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with uh, ah, probably Honey Nut Cheerios. Um, mm, although, very good... close second, uh, Frosted Flakes. They're, uh, they're actually pretty solid. I tried them a while ago. They're it's... great! Yeah, that's, um, that's they're, actually they're the correct they're... slogan. Yeah. I... <laughs> Just imagine the whole commercial, but like it ends with "they're pretty solid." All right, <laughs> it's not how that goes. <laughs> you messed an underwhelming tagline. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> yes, I enjoy Frosted Flakes myself. Um, so we have a question to answer from Kristen, yes, and we it's do. one that. Uh, that I think so many people, so many people have been wondering the exact same thing. And the question as worded by Kristen is as follows. If World War Three happens, can we buy an island and create our own country of faces and it be epic? So there are so many... Um, Dynamics going on in this question. Um, yeah, seriously, there's like at least four parts going on here. We gotta break this down to pieces. If you want to, absolutely. Let's, in that. let's dive into this. We have un. Well, first off, we got World War Three going on. Yes, that's, yeah, that's something. Um, that's that's scary, scary thought. Um, but uh, yes, that I'm I'm guessing there are all kinds of. Um, uh, close to nuclear weapons going on, if yeah, not yeah. actual nuclear weapons. Um, lots of destruction all over the place. Um, so if uh, if we're going to find an island, it's going to have to probably be out of the way of the major superpowers engaged in this conflict. Powerful um, point. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So, um, do uh, do we have an estimate of uh, where that might be? 
Well, I figured option one, we can uh, just go just go snag Antarctica because uh, it's technically owned by nobody. So, especially during a World War Three situation, nobody's going to be owning that area. The problem is it's Antarctica, mm. so I, it's you know I don't know. That's a prime <laughs> real estate. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm guessing you're right because I'm thinking that uh, that Antarctica might actually be one of those places where people are starting to go um, when the fighting starts trying to find refuge or trying to um, just think outside the box. Maybe they're thinking oh, all these weapons are going to instigate some sort of global warming let's go to Antarctica and and, uh, weather the storm out um, whether that happens or not. Yeah, I think whether we go there or not, it's going to hinge highly on how penguin tastes. Good uh, point. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't... Know, maybe it tastes like chicken. Just mm, something to consider. There's but, the, yeah, it's there's a the big real question. Chunk of ice. I don't know uh, if you want that. Um, hmm. Yeah, because you, it, it might be a little hard to grow food in the Antarctic. I'm not sure. I haven't been there, so I wouldn't know from experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, option, our best option is probably in the South Pacific, warmer islands, bunch of them out there. There's got to be, like, some land somebody's looking to sell. But, um, I mean, either buy or take over by force. There's that. So, so let's just, let's just say our island that we're, we're purchasing is uh, not Antarctic. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably. Let's, let's go for the South Pacific then. Um, yeah, again, so do you want to buy it or do you want to take it by force? You know, the old-fashioned the old fashioned way. Well, I think Kristen's question, the way she phrased it, she uh, is hoping that we will buy it, hmm. um, if at all possible. I, um, I don't know. Go ahead, Franklin. I didn't mean to interrupt, but uh, from the little research I've done, um, buying islands is very expensive. Like, uh, give us give us a rough rough ballpark in this pre-World War III economy, Franklin. What what are you seeing for island prices? Okay, so here's one for 32 acres. Uh, it's 32 acres, South Pacific. Okay. $4,200,000 roughly. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, I think at this point we'll just say that we have uh, we have had a successful Patreon campaign at uh, <laughs> Patreon.com/RyanMatlock, oh, and we are able to acquire the island um, without regard to cost. So let's say we. So we, what you're saying is we're not buying the island. Ryan is. Ryan is buying the island. Yes. yes. Thanks, yes. Ryan. <laughs> oh boy. So I just had another idea um, for the direction we could go. Just so who's who would need to get rid of a lot of lands um, in a time like World War Three? And I'm thinking probably someone who's losing the war. So let's say North Korea. Like they want to kind of lower their chances of getting bombed. So they want to get rid of islands. Um, so I mean, are, do we have anything to look at in North Korea? Um, I don't know. I, I know nothing <laughs> I about mean, the area. I don't so. really. Let's uh, pull this I, up. Hmm. Yeah, let me let me pull up a map here and. Uh, you know, actually, this isn't looking as good. Yeah, there aren't as, There are a lot of countries in the water that have little islands around them. North Korea doesn't have that many. 
Um, mm. They do have a few, um, but again, if that's where the fighting is happening, oh yeah, um, that's probably not where we want to be. Um, yeah, and also a bunch of these are like in lakes in just like in the middle of the country. They'd have nothing yeah. to gain now, from selling maybe, it. Maybe I don't know. Just they. Why would maybe. they sell it at this point? But maybe okay. So let's see if. No, the way the question is worded is just says if World War Three happens. So it's possible that maybe Kristen's saying this is post World War Three. Oh, that like they maybe. they finished fighting. New North Korea is destroyed, and oh. they have cheap land available. And one of those is an island that, for some reason, that's where we decide to have our country. And and maybe you know maybe that is something that would be very affordable after uh, all the the nukes and stuff. I hadn't thought of that um, ahead of time. So maybe, maybe instead of South Pacific, maybe we get one um, near Korea. I don't know. Um, mm. I see... Yeah. There are quite a few that look close to islands that are, are peninsulas, and then there are some... I think I see one over here. There's some tiny ones that Google Maps doesn't have names for. Um, off of the west side of the country, but I don't know how big those actually are um, or whether they're land that we'd want. Let me look at the satellite image here, and it looks like maybe? Maybe there's something we want there. I don't know. I'm sure if we were actually going to buy an island, we would do all the proper research necessary to figure out um, whether it'd be hospitable for us. But let's just say, okay, we we found said island, the island we want to buy. Um, the next aspect of the question is creating our own country. And we are going to find out here... We are bringing on our resident country-building expert, Dawn, just for fun. Maybe she'll just watch. Maybe she'll participate in this recorded call. I don't know. All guys, I, I just remembered something pretty Go huge. Ahead. Yeah, so the, I just remember that there was this island resort that got abandoned by Disney like mm-hmm. a, a, about a decade ago. Uh-oh. And, um, yeah, so that might be for sale. <laughs> um, it's somewhere near Florida. Um oh. I, I don't really? remember all the details. That's, I'm going to have to look this we up. We might be able to get that pretty cheap. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like a... Uh, how was it? it was like a Treasure Island resort. Um, I have to do some research on this and get some tangible information because my source here is a creepypasta, so I'm going to get okay. something, <laughs> something a little more concrete. Here we go. Okay, so... Okay, so now it's called Discovery Island. It was called Treasure Island because they had a resort on there. Um and hmm. um, they put some animal life on there. Uh, and oh, okay, not not an. I mean, some people would say an island that Disney was on that in and of itself is a treasure. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, the resort yeah. itself was called Treasure Island for a while. Um, oh, and we and have another person joining our recorded call at the moment. That's pretty cool. You'd think it'd get less busy as the night wore on. You'd think so, but. Uh, that's not how faces work. We just... <laughs> That's really cool. We'll edit out all the pauses. It'll sound really good. 
Yeah, this will so, be fun uh, to okay, edit. Here we go. Discovery Island used to be called uh, Treasure Island. Opened in 1974, closed in 1999. Uh, they put some birds and other animals on there. It's I, I thought it was in the Caribbean. Apparently it's in Bay Lake, Florida, which is really not as exotic <laughs> as I thought it was going to be. Also, there was an urban legend that uh, they had dumped sharks and stuff into oh, the water. Dear. Like, when they took off with the animals, they just, like, abandoned everything. And I don't know how true that is, but, um, again, probably an urban yeah, legend. Definitely but, look um, over yeah. a property before you buy it. Um, yeah, got to make sure that's not true. Let's say, okay, so let's say we have, have the island. Okay, um, gotcha. Next. Okay, there's... There's... Dawn, are you are you wanting to record beyond this recording, Dawn? So at this point, Dawn and Becca both jump on the Skype call. Both of them prepare to bring their expertise to the finale of this question. Unfortunately, Becca's audio did not record. Thankfully, Dawn's audio recorded everyone. So, bringing you the finale of this recording in its original Skype audio quality, please welcome the audio from Dawn. Creating your own country. Hold up. Back up. (laughs) So, if if you want to record on this part. Okay, I I pushed record. Okay. Okay, excellent. Um, So, we're, and I don't know if Becca wants to record too, or if she just wants to listen, that's fine. Um... But we're to the part of the question sure, now. Okay. Uh, we're to the part of the question now where is it says, if World War Three happens, can we buy an island and create our own country of faces and it be epic? So we've come to the conclusion that, yes, we can buy the island. Um, now we have the question of, can we create our own country and it be epic? So, well, considering we already have a government in place, I'd say we have a strong chance of like survival here because like we have like everything we need we have a hug dealer we have a president we have a secretary of defense i think we're set man yeah okay we have we have a a uh, a government uh that has functioned really well online wait um, hold, hold on shouldn't we uh it's like cut cut this segment into uh where we just left off when did we just leave off? I, I, I thought we left off with finding out that uh, Discovery Island slash Treasure Island was a real thing. Oh, that's, that's right. That's right. That was abandoned that by... Little, so, again, in our... Detail. That's okay. So, we, we should we probably fill in this. the v- the listeners we'll, at home we'll with these two additional voices we'll, we'll edit it. We'll edit Fine. <laughs> <laughs> the magic of editing that I don't have to worry about. Doodly-doo, Okay, so... Go ahead and continue the train of thought, Troy, wherever you want. Oh, okay. So I'm just thinking um, we can either... So now we tangibly have a clear cut, like, here's the owner of the island. We can buy an abandoned island from Disney, I'm guessing, since they're not really doing anything with it, for a pretty small price. Um, yeah, especially after World War Three. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the economy is tanked. We'll, we'll buy low, sell high. Um, we'll not sell because this is our home now. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what Kristen wants us to do is start our country, raise exactly. the value of the property, and then sell it. Exactly. <laughs> We're a country built entirely off of real estate. <laughs> and We're not a place for a people. We can buy Botswana. <gasps> oh, yeah. That, that is a good idea. 
Good just idea. keep upgrading our islands. Wait, but <laughs> is wait is Botswana an island? No, it's a whole it's, lot bigger than that. <laughs> but maybe the island is just to fundraise, you know? Yeah, I mean, we get the money from Ryan's Patreon to buy the island. That's patreon.com slash Ryan Matlock. Yep, and then we we raise the value of that island, because right now it's dilapidated. Disney's not doing much with it, and possibly it got bombed, I don't know, in the war. But then we go it's there. It's just a random bay in Florida. There's, it's not like that's a huge <laughs> bombing target. <laughs> Maybe they missed. Maybe the maybe the enemy <laughs> missed it. And we're we're buying it cheap, taking it over, establishing our government, sort of giving it a, a real world test run um, before taking over Botswana. We're going to raise the value of this island to fund the mission. Um, we we'd have to uh, possibly erect some sort of structures, do some sort of clearing out. Yeah, there's um, all there's all sorts of abandoned buildings there. So good. Um, That'll I'm guessing the expedite things have things I mean, it would give a very horror esque atmosphere to like the island. Keep unwanted visitors off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, I was I was just saying earlier there was a rumor that they let that as they were transporting some of the animals off the island, they lost some of the aquatic animals, like there's sharks in the water. Oh. So, I don't know. (laughs) So basically what I'm hearing is we have a government, like, on an island, surrounded by shark-infested waters, and it's going to look like it's haunted, so literally no one's going to want to be there. Except for us. But it's also in a bay in the middle of Florida, so just on the edge of the coast, just people are just watching us go crazy. So. <laughs> yeah, so we can make it look like we're having a, a you know a really exciting time over there, and maybe they'll be like, oh, maybe I want to come visit. And we'll, well have now some we got an illegal immigration problem. Thanks for that. <laughs> you have to build a wall around the island. Well, I was, Thanks. I was, yeah. I was I was thinking more about the tourism industry. I was not oh, thinking about the illegal immigration problem. But you know what? Um, I'm sure after the war, Jeff, maybe they're going to take some... our jobs. Stop. <laughs> well, well, according to my amazing uh, history teacher, Mr. Smith, the first thing you need to do is um, to make a country is to get a food source that that would supply for you. Chick Fil A. Yeah. <laughs> we found it. Our country is not sponsored by Chick Fil A. This is uh, <laughs> this can only end Thank well. Thank you to our sponsors. Ox, Ox Cable Stand brought to you by Chick Fil A. <laughs> Ox Cable Stand. I I don't know if that's what we'd call our country, but let's go with that. Ox Cable Stand. Ox Cable Stand. Like uh, to Jekistan, Oxystan or something. Oxy I don't know. The Oxy Clan, Oxystan. I don't know. Um, we once we once made a country called Burke and Dulaki, and it was because the island of Burke um, got overrun by the Dulakians from Shrek. <laughs> Interesting. That uh, okay. Now Franklin did ask, "Are you recording, Becca?" And we just have to confirm that that you are indeed recording on your end, so that this audio will make it to the fan cast, right? Yeah, seriously, what kind of person wouldn't be recording right now?
Yes, mine is recording. Okay, okay. perfect. Franklin will edit all that out. It'll sound great. Um, <laughs> so no one okay. will ever know that we were unsure. Yeah, <laughs> no, no one will ever doubt that we had full confidence that oh, you yes. were recording. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yes, we have full confidence that everyone here right now is recording and it's going totally fine. It's it's all good. I just realized those last two jokes don't make sense unless you're listening to these all the audio clips side by side. So I'm going to stop being meta and get back into character. Then it'll work just fine. Okay, so we have sort of the uh, the general government set up. Now, we did encounter in our research just the slight issue of possibly making sure we had enough people for other countries to recognize our sovereignty because last count, um, the number of faces we have is much lower than the number of people typically required for for another country to recognize our sovereignty. Mm. Um, so yeah. what are some workarounds here? Oh, I'd, I'd also just like to remind people we have to fit all of those people onto 11 acres, oh. which is the size of the island. Hmm. Well, we can only build that's Well, let's see here. If we're trying to get raise the property value of this tiny island, um, we're probably going to have to build some sort of exotic structure Either a skyscraper of some sort, our Chris apartment building, maybe that's what we're going to build on this island and make it uh, be able to house all of the uh, economic activities that we may or may not have on said island. I suppose if we're being supported entirely by Ryan's Patreon, we don't need um, much economic activity, Um, but I'm sure we'd want to do something on there. But here's the thing. The people supporting Ryan's Patreon are probably going to be citizens on the island, wouldn't you think? Mm. Oh, no. Uh, no. Yeah, that's I, that's true. You, you think he'd put that in as a perk, that if they paid so much, they get to be citizens? I don't know. Maybe you pay a thousand dollars a month, you can be king. Out. To, like, gain citizenship in this, like, island community, whatever, you're going to need to, like, it's like a pay-to-pay place. It's like a gated community. Yeah, it's, it's like Scientology, but worse. Yeah. So when, we're not gonna have our, we're not gonna, then we're not going to have... Uh, we don't need to worry our, about such things anymore. Okay. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Do we have our own currency now that, or are we just using the U.S. dollar now that well, we're... If, yeah. if the U.S. if the U.S. came out winner in World War Three, and we're assuming that they did... Um, because okay. they've never lost a world war yet, um, then yeah. we would probably stick with, especially if we're going to do a relatively quick turnaround of selling the island and acquiring Botswana, I think we'd stick with the um, American currency or whatever. Perhaps maybe it's a decentralized cryptocurrency at that time. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. Wait, um, so if... Bitcoin 2. Bitcoin 2. <laughs> Bitcoin 2, the revengeing. <laughs> Oxcoin. Ox, Ox, there we go. At, at some point... We also we, have our own cryptocurrency. That would definitely help to make this epic. If we're, like, um, going to all the trouble of, like, getting this island and then we're, like, raising the real estate and then selling it. I'm not sure if it's worth it to become our own country if we're just going to take over Botswana. I'm really well, I'm really not sure if we need to go it. through all that like extra work. Here's the thing. If we acquire nation status, then leaving that island and acquiring Botswana, we'd be able to maintain that nation status rather than having to um, 
you know, because there'll be a lot of logistics acquiring a, a, a nation the size of Botswana. So having the nation status already um, will save us a whole lot of time and effort and paperwork with the United Nations or whatever entity uh, is there at that time. Uh, the fact is then we'll also have our government already like day-to-day operations sort of settled upon by the time we get to Botswana, rather than having to figure everything out on the fly with a lot more land and a lot more people. That's why I'm thinking that Kristen specifically asked in the question about buying an island and creating the country rather than taking over Botswana or gaining the favor of the people of Botswana and being anointed their leadership base. Um, I think there's a specific reason Kristen asked about buying an island. Therefore, we should carry along with that thought experiment that she knows why she as president wants to start with an island rather than the entire nation of Botswana. Well, and the Botswana thing was just kind of a random idea. Yeah, I just uh, I just looked it up. So Botswana is actually the fourth richest country in Africa. So I don't know if they're going to be selling. <laughs> well, see what will happen. Yeah, also, is that they're only forty years removed from being owned by Britain. So I don't know if they're going to want to give up their freedom again. Remember, there's a bunch of people that were camping on a Disney Island for the past <laughs> however many years. Remember, there's there's this whole World War Three thing that happens. Oh, though. there's that. You know, they're probably going to pr- be big players with North Korea. <laughs> I think it'll just be the whole like we raise the value of this small island so much that they'll be so impressed about our ability to transform the value of a place that they will also recognize how much we care about them. And so just be like, hey, um, can you guys come over here? Like they will happily put us in charge of Botswana if that is something we aspire to do Um, or something. I don't know. Maybe they'll just sell us the land or I'm not sure how property values will work in post-World War III sovereignties. For all we know, Botswana has been split up um, by several different countries and turned into different tribes and whatnot. I don't know what... what, I love how deep we think into these things. So then what we're doing is we're reuniting Botswana. Ooh. So in this scenario, Botswana, South Botswana... Yeah. So it's been split up because of the war, and we've, (laughs) we've proven that we can take a small area and build it up, and then we are the ones leading the charge to unite Botswana. We sell the island for the property value increase um, and move our jurisdiction to Botswana and yeah. everyone lives happily ever after. And exactly. then we'll be like before, before World War United. Three, you guys were the fourth. Oh, yeah, go for it. Then we'll be I, called Botswana United. Exactly. I like that. Oh, yes. Botswana into Botswana. That is perfect. Okay, oh, Troy, you were going to say something. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like... In this scenario, where they were, the, where they currently in our timeline are the fourth richest country in Africa, then a series of really contrived events happen to make them like six different Botswanas, and then we buy all of them and bring them back together post World War Three. It's a deep lore we're building here. You know what? We didn't write the question. We just answered. <laughs> it's not so, our fault. <laughs> text Kristen and ask her. Yeah, is is this what Kristen? You were... What happened to Botswana in World War Three? <laughs> Text her right now, whatever time it is. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Okay. Okay. She's currently uh, active on Facebook. Oh, Oh, perfect. Let's bring her up. Okay, ask her. Do it. That exact question. What happens to Botswana in World War III? 
Oh boy, are we now? Are we wanting her answer, or are we wanting to wait and have her listen to the fan cast and find out? I'm just going to ask her and not tell her why I'm asking her because it has nothing to do with her island question. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah, do that. Um, We'll see what happens. This will be so much fun to listen to on replay when we play this back. Um, For all we know, this part may be edited out. Um, (laughs) So much fun to edit. Yes, we are. (laughs) MVP, Franklin, MVP. So it's so. Can we buy an island? Can we create our own country of faces and it be epic? If we're reunite, if we're making Botswana great again, I think that's pretty epic. Yeah, I think the answer to the yeah, question that's what I said is a resounding yes. It's a really interesting yes or no question, but I think after all is said and done, the answer to that question is yes. So we've done the island thing. The country thing is still kind of up in the air because now we're in Botswana. We're in the middle of Africa. What are we going to do? Um, or, or am I going too far with this question? <laughs> we already completed. Well, I think by that time we'll have figured out where we're going with this. You know, okay. with, we'll, we'll have the experience under our belt. We'll have a vision. We'll have a plan. Botswana will be reunited. We will be excited. It will be epic. People will talk about it for generations to come, should the Lord tarry. So great job, everybody. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we literally changed history. We changed the wow. world. Wow. All by and, buying an island from Disney. And, and then selling and then it to from, get Botswana. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Who knew all that. you needed to do to like make the world a better place was to just survive World War Three. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then by Disney. And donate to Brian's Patreon. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Those are the real heroes, the people who, <laughs> who go to patreon.com slash Ryan Matlock. <laughs> yes, those are the real heroes. Those are the people who help make this all happen. So we're still waiting to hear back from Kristen. So in the meantime, is there anything that the other people on this call want to say for Ryan and Matthew Appreciation Station Day? Hmm. No. Okay. Well, all right. Nothing, nothing more to see here. Everyone is just so. I really need to go to bed, guys. (laughs) Guys, wasn't the real Botswana the friends we made along the way? (laughs) Oh, man, I think that's the stupidest thing I've said in this entire chat. (laughs) Oh, man. It's it's getting too late for this. And if people are stopped recorded, I can close the segment out. But if not, we'll just wait for Kristen's response, I guess, maybe. Mm. Oh, I uh, stopped recording a while ago. Wink, wink. Okay. Wink, wink, wink. That was stupid. You're not going to put that in the podcast. (laughs) So we're going to assume Kristen is in bed. So this concludes this segment. This epic segment. Bye. So I'm going to clap there. That way I know where to stop that when I go back and look at this. I missed the clap. Oh, well. Okay, I'm going to get recording. fantastic segment, yes. That concludes this segment. Thank you again to Dawn for recording the audio the way she did. Thank you to Franklin and Becca for being on this call. And thank you again to Troy for putting in the extra effort to re-record his part. 
My name is Jeff Ross, and this concludes this behind-the-scenes look at this fancast segment. Hi, I'm Kevin Fear the Man Huge. If you're anything like me, you love the Ox Cable. I mean, really love the Ox Cable. So much so that you consider yourself an Ox Cable enthusiast. Nay, a fanatical Ox Cable enthusiast. But unlike me, you haven't joined the community of Faces on the Knot forum yet. Located at OxCableShow.com. Why? You don't know how to introduce yourself to the fandom. You're not sure what to say. What if you mess up and reveal you don't actually know everything, everything about the show? Well, today I'm happy to announce from the creators of Dairy Censorship and the Patronage Thread comes the latest in fanatical friendship innovation, Ox Cable Pickup Buns. These handy little icebreakers can be used to start conversation stations with any face and will get your not relationships off to a stellar start. Just listen to these testimonials. Hi, I'm Awkward Potato, but even I didn't seem awkward when I used a pickup pun on the Not Forum. Now I embrace my role as Top Hat's official hug dealer. Hi, I'm Don Glanz, and before Ox Cable pickup puns, I was too timid to join the Not Forum. Now I have unbridled confidence in being Top Hat's holder of horses. Now that you've heard the testimonials, here's a sample of successful pickup puns. Wow, you're so enthusiastic about the sound of Ryan's voice. You don't sound bored to me. Botswana listen to the Ox Cable with me? I traveled into the future and saw Matthew Bird's baby's bed. It was nicknamed the Hawk's Cradle. That's just a sample of pickup puns that can be yours for the low, low price of up to $16,000 now. That may seem expensive, but they're cooler than the ice chest pillow, and high-quality puns like these are priceless. Guys, let me just take a second to be real with you, and nothing is more real than eating a sandwich. I just finished my sandwich, guys. Don't let the faces down. Get Ox Cable pickup puns. Visit the Knot Forum to find out if it's not for you today. What even are these? For this segment of FanCast, I, Jeff Ross, am joined by Explosive Yeast. Hi. Yeast, we need to know your top hat rank and favorite cereal. I actually don't remember my top hat rank because it was really weird. Oh, okay. I'll look it up quick. Okay, thank you. It means a lot. <laughs> it, it was pretty random. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite cereal is probably, I don't know, Rice Krispies are pretty great. The rank is based upon a Dude Perfect reference, if I recall correctly, from one of their, I think it was gym stereotypes, and that's why the name seems so random. Explosive Yeast's top hat title is... Strange guy who stands creepily in the corner eating a pickle on a stick. There you go. That's what it was. Yes, so that is his role in the organization. Um, (laughs) We have a question today. Another question from our amazing question writer, Kristen. The question is, who is the best artist ever, whether it be art, music, graffiti, etc.? It's kind of weird that art, music, and graffiti are all... The graffiti seems random. And I'm not that there's anything against graffiti. I just don't know many prolific graffiti artists. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. Most uh, graffiti artists try to stay anonymous so that they continue their art because that's one... It's true. <laughs> that's, that's one art form that is currently banned by most places. But there are all sorts of different ways we can take this. There's so much freedom in the way she phrased it. I know that before we started, 
Chris seemed really confident that he knew the answer to this question. <laughs> well, this is embarrassing. Um, yeah, yours truly, Chris, is actually in on this conversation, too. But I lost all his audio. So, in his place, saying exactly what he said is uh, Kevin Fear the Man Huge from the commercial earlier. He will fill you in on all of the lines that yours truly, Chris, really wanted you to know. Yay, I get to be in this episode. All right, I will say my lines exactly as yours truly, Chris, would have said them. So I don't know. Go ahead. Okay, here we go. (laughs) There is undeniably only one best artist of all time. And that is Rick Astley. I really like his music. Not just Never Gonna Give You Up, which is the famous one that everybody knows. And if you haven't, um, we'll play it for you right now. Yeah, if they don't know it, we will insert a clip right here. Right now, Franklin will insert it. Everyone (laughs) will be (laughs) Rickrolled. Great. Yeah, but not just that song. But I like all of his songs. And uh, not just just, uh, the... I like all of them. All of the songs. I like all of Rick Astley's songs. In fact, one time I got to meet Rick Astley. And I also have Rick Astley's song, Never Gonna Give You Up, as my alarm. So every morning, I wake up to Rick Astley. Whoa. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. So one time I had a roommate, and uh, he got really sick of that song. But, uh, hey, I didn't get sick of it. I never get sick of it. Rick Astley is the best. I like listening to his music. I like his songs. I like his lyrics. I like everything about him. He is the best artist of all time. Undeniably, undisputably, indisputably. That's awesome. Yeah. Rick Astley's awesome. Boy, there's a lot of uh, empty space here that I don't remember what Chris said. So, uh, Rick Astley, Rick Astley, Rick Astley. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Wow One time I spent like four months Maybe it was four weeks It was a long time (laughs) It was a long time It was either four weeks and one week off Or it was four months and one week off I don't remember how long this took But uh, one time I (laughs) put together this montage of clips from Chris Howard uh-huh. so that it, it made him sing Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. <laughs> oh. oh, that's right. I have seen that. It's like the opposite of what this fan cast is where we've like thought about it for four months and then actually done it in a week rather than doing it for four months and taking a week off. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much I like Rick Astley. And Chris Howard. Chris Howard is one of my favorites. He's one of the best vlog artists of all time. I totally didn't say this in the actual conversation, but I should have. Yeah, Chris Howard's awesome. Yeah. So now, when do you drink caffeine, Chris? Or do you just play a Rickroll whenever you get tired? Because you use it to wake you up in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) I use both both okay that'd be amazing if you could just get a song to substitute for caffeine for forever it could save you so much money (laughs) 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 it's just you know harder to 
some people use having coffee as an excuse to be with friends. And so, <laughs> hey, you want to get together and listen to Rick Astley with me? <laughs> <laughs> Not the same, but may- maybe it is. Maybe, hang on, sorry. I know there are faces out there who would totally do that if you went up to them and say, hey, you want to go and listen to Rick Astley with me? They would be down for that. <laughs> I'd totally be down for that if any faces are out there. I want to be my friend. Just say, hey, I would like to listen to Rick Astley with you. We'll be friends for life. Yeah. What I was going to say is the problem with asking someone to listen to music with you instead of going out to coffee is you have to talk over music. Definitely. Especially when it's an artist that you really enjoy and you're actually taking time to sit and listen to rather than play in the background. Then, yeah, you don't want to talk during that. You want to just enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I just thought of the listening to music thing with that just because recently I invited a friend over because I got an album he introduced me to on vinyl Oh, and I was listening to it with him but then we were like struggling in between we wanted to talk to each other but also there's great music that we both like playing so we want to hear it whereas coffee you can just drink well it's a balancing act even with coffee because you can't drink and talk at the same time like you have to take turns maybe you can't Oh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. I, I, my bad. I, I have found very quickly from this face community that there are individuals <laughs> with powers that I did not. I just, just assumed nobody had, but um, uh, well, everyone has these abilities that I would find um, theoretically impossible, and yet they happen. I mean, I don't know if I actually could. I just feel like I, I could if I tried. You just have to, like, drink out of the side of your mouth, and it'd work. Would it would it be easier or harder if you... If, well, if you... here, I have my LaCroix, and I can just talk to you. <laughs> and I spilt LaCroix all over my face, but it worked, didn't it? Definitely. <laughs> I, I do think the listeners at home could understand you perfectly well. And <laughs> That was interesting. So we heard yours truly, Chris give us his favorite, I mean, sorry, his opinion on what the best artist ever is. Explosive East, who do you have as the best artist ever for whatever category? Well, I mean, it's a pretty hard question to answer, in my opinion, because, I mean, I haven't listened to any more Rick Astley than the one song, so I haven't been enlightened yet. So once I once I do that, it'll doubtlessly be Rick Astley. Okay, but doubtlessly. In the meantime, <laughs> uh, I don't know, because, like, it's pretty hard because first you have to decide what the best art is in some ways mm-hmm. because I feel like they're great painters, great musicians, great graffiti artists probably. I don't know any of their names. Okay. But I would be inclined to pick music because I'm, I mean, art is cool as in like painting, but I, I don't observe art for hours on end constantly, whereas music I listen to a lot. Okay. But um, as far as the best artist ever, it's pretty hard because, like, there's so many times and so many different genres and so many different people. Uh, it's pretty impossible for me. 
I feel like I couldn't ever say who the best artist ever is. Ghastly. For me, my favorite artist, because I don't even know the majority of artists. Mm-hmm. No one knows the majority of artists. <laughs> I'm rambling. Wow. Uh, but I really like John Foreman, who's the lead singer of Switchfoot. Okay. And the things he's done in Switchfoot, and then in his solo work, and in another band. He's just probably my favorite songwriter. Okay. So, he would be my favorite. He's probably not the best ever. Hmm. But I don't know. So, for how long has he been your favorite? Uh, a few years. But, I mean, I've only lived so many years. Just making sure this wasn't like a, oh, I have a different favorite artist every single week, or... (laughs) No, not quite. So what's your favorite song of his that he has written? I don't know. It's hard for me to pick favorite songs. I usually end up picking favorite, like, albums or projects. Oh. So you view songs more as part of the collective album rather than individual? Normally, yeah. Although there there are like specific songs I like, but I'd rather listen to music in like a body of music. But um, he made four EPs mm-hmm. that each had like six songs, and each song represented an hour of the day, so it was 24 hours. And all of those are super good. Because he has, like, Sunlight, Shadows, Darkness, and Dawn. I think Sunlight was my favorite, but I don't remember. It wasn't Dawn? No, it wasn't. I'm sorry, Dawn. (laughs) She should listen to that EP, though. It's really good. I have no doubt. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's absolutely fascinating, because my style is always listening to one song. Right. You know, how can they tell a story or communicate a message or a scenario within one song? And there are very interesting ways of doing that. But if you expand that into the greater context of a whole album, just knowing my experience from everything else, the more context you have that's intentional and deliberate, then the greater appreciation you have for the different pieces of art within that. Right. You know, just like people may enjoy an episode of the Ox Cable, but they're going to appreciate it so much more after they've heard all of the episodes of the Ox Cable. Right. Well, and I feel like in a in an album or in some form of body of music, it's easier to like convey a larger story made mm-hmm. up of smaller pieces. So you can do an amazing stuff in one song, but it's really impressed to me when you make like a cohesive body of work that's made up of pieces that all work together. Yes. That is really good. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. That's. I think this is going to change the way I listen to music just a little bit. <laughs> so, okay, that leads me to then ask, what is the best album that you'd recommend? Probably, like, my favorite album mm-hmm. ever, just as, like, a cohesive album. And the thing that's, like, stuck with me the most through the most amount of my life is... It's Mm-hmm by Reliant K, which is spelled like M-M-H-M-M. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. I think it's really cool because it's like, well, it's music I grew up with from really young because mm-hmm. it's what my sister was into and stuff. But as an album, it pretty much just focuses on the idea of grace and like messing things up and how we can be forgiven and stuff. And it's just... It's in a really cool, relatable way that I appreciate a lot. It's good to remember that we all make mistakes and can receive grace. Right, Jeff? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only response I have after all of that. It's just, mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll see a lot of mm-hmm. in the comments uh, for this episode. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, anything else you want to say, Explosive Yeast, to Ryan and Matthew for Ryan and Matthew Appreciation Station Day? Well, just to thank them for the podcast because it's super great and I've been listening since actually I started watching Ryan's videos before the entrepreneur and yeah I watched his old videos like while they were coming out some of them which is pretty great and I followed him for a while which is why I started listening Mm -hmm. to the aux cable and that's how I learned about Matthew and stuff also just the through the knot forum and the community and stuff, the people that it's connected me to is like so insanely cool. And just how much I look forward to the episodes coming out. It's, it's just, it's a pretty big highlight of my week when they come out. Yes. It's definitely a highlight of our, well, it's not always been every week. Uh, yeah, no. So I said when they come out. <laughs> Highlight of our summer, I think we had one. Yeah. We've had some hiatuses in there, but uh, yes, yep. whenever they come out, it's it's certainly uh, certainly a cause for celebration station. Definitely. I feel like there was something. Oh yeah, I was gonna ask you to rate the Ox Cable on a scale of one to Lacroix. Oh, it's um, it's up there with Lacroix. It made it that far, if you could imagine. Whoa. <laughs> That's high praise coming from Explosive East. Yeah. Uh, you're truly Chris. I know you've said some stuff on the other segment. Anything you want us to talk about yet in this conversation station at all? Otherwise, we'll just wrap this segment up because you look like you're about ready to uh, <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> All right, my thanks to uh, yours truly, Chris, and Explosive East for being on this segment. Yeah, thank you. And we'll uh, <laughs> we'll continue on to the next one, and we'll snap Sweet. our way out just for fun. Okay, okay, great. This is fabulous. Hello, everyone. My name is Manalive Smith, and I serve Tapa as the Secretary of the Canadian Treasury. That beautiful noise you hear behind me right now is the sound of the entropy of the universe winding backwards as clothing becomes more clean. If it bothers you, I'm sorry. I was also told to mention that my favorite cereal is generic frosted mini-wheats. I will eat the real kind if you buy them, but I buy generic. It's great. I like it. Anyways, so I'm here to answer a question from Kristen, and her question is, can we also get a hot air balloon and follow in the footsteps of the Jules Verne novel? Which begs another question, which Jules Verne novel are you talking about? Because I know she's not talking about Around the World in 80 Days. Because while a hot air balloon shows up in pretty much every movie version of the story, and oftentimes on the front cover of the book... In the original story, a hot air balloon doesn't actually show up. They never go up in a hot air balloon. It's mentioned, but they never do it. So, not that one. So, which Jules Verne novel? He published 54 books in his series, Les Voyages Extraordinaires. He had a publishing deal to do two books a year until the time of his death. By the time he died, he was 15 books ahead of schedule. So, 
you could wait for like seven and a half years after he died and just keep reading books and not know he was dead. It'd be like waiting for light from the sun to stop coming after the sun's gone out. And you'd just be sitting and reading and all like, oh, he's dead. I feel bad now. I was just reading his books and hoping he'd write more. Because he died over 100 years ago, good news for us is that most of his books are available for free online. 41 of them are available online via either Project Gutenberg or Wikisource, with a surprisingly large portion only available in French or Dutch, as I discovered. So what I did is I took an evening and I went through every book that he had that was available online and searched for the word balloon or ballon if I was looking in the French or Dutch version because the French and Dutch word for balloon is the same. It's just like balloon but you drop an O and there's no accents which makes it super easy to search for. Anyways, out of the 54 books total, 41 online, 19 mention a balloon. At one point it's mentioned in the context of a political cartoon. It's mentioned a lot in analogies. He liked comparing things to balloons. For example, at different times he compared to a balloon a submarine, a spaceship, a rowboat, a schooner, an ice floe, a chandelier, and goat skins billowing in the wind. The chandelier is actually a little bit sketchy because that was a French-only translation, and comme ballon de feu can mean either like a balloon of fire or like a ball of fire. And the second translation is probably the right one, but if I use this translation, I can keep it in this list, so it's great. Anyways, out of these 19... Only five of them actually have a balloon present. So what I'm going to do for you now is detail everything that Jules Verne ever did in one of his books with a balloon, and then say how we could do that ourselves. First up, his book Saint-Simon, Sans Balloon, Five Weeks in a Balloon, 1863, recounts a trip across Africa. It was actually the first book he ever wrote, taken by some explorers. They leave from Zanzibar in Tanzania. I've said that wrong more times than once. In Tanzania, I hope I hope I said it right this time. Anyways, and they traveled to St. Louis in Senegal, I think, not the one in Missouri. So we could also visit Tanzania, Tanzania, Tanzania. It's not Tanzania. See, I keep doing it. Okay. Um, it costs $550 per person for a day trip through African Serengeti safaris which is just like a morning out. And we probably also want to own our balloon since we're going to destroy it by the end of this. Uh, so either we steal the balloon or we buy it because stealing it seems a little unethical and like it'd be a really bad day for those poor African Serengeti safari people. Anyways, but buying a balloon would be expensive. It costs about 20 grand. It's also great for us because if it's a cross-Africa trip, we can visit Botswana. It's a thousand mile detour, but it is well worth it. So that's the first book. Next book, Master of the World, 1904. Briefly at the beginning, a balloon is used to check to see if a volcano is going to erupt. Fortunately for us, there are volcanoes right along the way. We don't have to take a detour or anything. The Remoka volcano, for instance, along with a lot of other volcanoes, is right along the border of Rwanda and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. We can just stop in briefly, check that. Next book, Robert Le Conqueror, 1886. Engage in air combat with a heavier-than-air craft in a hot air balloon. Heavier-than-aircraft, or in our terms, an airplane. So what we need to do is taunt an air force in the area enough that they would shoot us down. Because that's how that ends in that book. Um, I'm going to go with the Nigerian Air Force. Not because I have anything against Nigeria, but they are on the way. So we'll taunt the Nigerian Air Force. They'll shoot us down. And then we can crash on a mysterious island. Next novel, 1874. Five POWs during the Civil War crash land at sea and use the balloon for parts as they're trying to make their way and live on a mysterious island. Um, we can get shot down by the Nigerian Air Force and hopefully land on Kumquats Island, depending on where that exists geographically, which would be great. 
Bad news, though. Fifth novel, Hector Servadac, or Off on a Comet, as it's known in English-speaking countries, 1877. In that book, some people jump from a comet to the Earth using a hot air balloon, which, from my limited scientific knowledge, I'm pretty sure isn't a thing. Yep. So I'm just going to end because strange noises are starting to happen behind me. It's like, where am I really? Am I existing in some weird steampunk reality? You don't know. You're just listening. Okay, it stopped. Anyways, I'll just end with this quote from Hector Servadac, 1877, from Jules Verne. A balloon, he exclaimed, out of the question. Balloons are exploded things. You hardly find them in novels. Balloon indeed. And, yep, that's all I have to say. Bye. All right, welcome to the next segment of The Ox Cable. We are going to be answering the question or debating on the pros and cons of Disney ruling the world in this segment. And before we do that, let's go around and introduce ourselves. So I'm here again. I'm Brooke AC, and I am the Secretary of State of Top Hat, and my favorite cereal is Cheerios. And I am Rebecca Longacre, and I am the official minstrel of Top Hat, and my favorite cereal is also Cheerios. Hi, everyone. My name is Josh. I'm the supreme leader of something. <laughs> and my favorite cereal is just any sort of granola. I love granola cereal. I'm Josiah the Carrot Stick. I'm chairman of the board of directors of Top Hat. And as mentioned in another segment, I don't eat cereal. I'm Mason M. And I am the attorney general of Top Hat. And my favorite cereal is store brand Lucky Charms. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Specifics. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for being here. And I guess now we'll jump into the question. So pros and cons of Disney ruling the world. When I think of Disney, I think of a lot of pros. But ruling the world sort of comes with a lot of responsibility. It's true. Well, my first thought when I thought about this question was, like, Disney could mean anybody from Disney, right? So it could be the bad guys or the good guys. So, like, who's ruling the world, right? That's what we got to think about. Are we talking about Disney characters ruling the world or Disney as a company <laughs> ruling the world? I thought Disney characters. That's why oh. I wanted to answer this question. Hmm. Hmm. That would be interesting. I was thinking Disney the company, which would oh. then... Yeah, I, w I, that, I was that... thinking corporation as well, but... I guess we could talk about both. That would be so much more horrific if the company ruled the world than the characters. I'm just saying there is way more cons than those. <laughs> hmm. I mean, they're still ruling the world either way, and do we need that? No, probably not. One world government is always a little bit iffy. <laughs> so. It's true. <laughs> this is who would build the monorails territory. <laughs> <laughs> who would build the theme parks? Oh, hey, man. look, that's a great example. Of a free market, you know, company coming in and, and building a really nice... That's basically, they've basically their own little city down there. That's and, true. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's run real nice. It's, that's true. Low, low crime, basically no crime. Uh, things are good down at Disney World. Disney <laughs> <laughs> World has succeeded in controlling a city, so should they rule the world? But, I mean, if you've been on the small world ride, I mean, if it's going to be like that, no. No for me. <laughs> 
why, why, why so down on It's a Small World? That right. I'm going to come across as the Disney apologist here. I think that's why I was asked to be on this segment. I yes. was eight. I was eight when I went on that ride, and I cried because it scared me. The puppet's <laughs> eyes were falling out. Nice. And, like, there was, like, all I could think about was, like, a holocaust or something, and people were stopping. <laughs> but... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh boy. <laughs> it was, it was, it was a very a scary situation. I won't stand by as people disrespect It's a Small World. I can't do it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I don't disrespect it. Really like it frightens me as an eight year old girl. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on the topic of It's a Small World, one of the pros of Disney ruling the world was that every ocean would smell like Pirates of the Caribbean, so... Mm, that's right. Yes. And we would have Johnny Depp's roaming the water. <laughs> <laughs> would we have last controlled time, pirates? Last time I was... Last time I was down at uh, Disney World... Oh, sorry. There's a lot of people talking. I don't want, I don't want to sound like I'm interrupting anybody. You're good. Okay. Okay. Probably good. just okay. go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, last time I was down at Disney World, I went on a tour and they talked about that smell of the rides uh, of the water rides like Pirates of the Caribbean and uh, it's a chemical they use to keep the water clean really is it in Disney World or Disneyland uh, I think it's both ooh I want to smell it yes I'm coming from the Disneyland perspective because I was in California for probably 10 years and I was basically raised at Disneyland so I've never been to Disney World but oh, okay. I've been to Disneyland probably a hundred times <laughs> that's cool yeah, I've it's been to fun. Disney World. I'm coming from the I've never been further south than Kentucky perspective. So <laughs> I'm coming from the I was just in Disney World last year, and I'm still proud of the fact that my best friend and I managed to hit all four parks in one day. Wow. That's impressive. That is quite a feat. I went to Disney World once when I was eight. It was a big Christmas trip, and then we're going to Disneyland in about a month here. And the kids don't even know, so like, me and my sister know, but none of my little siblings know. And they think we're going to Texas. It's hilarious. That's funny. <laughs> so... We all have differing experiences, I guess, with Disney, Disney World, Disneyland, and not going at all. So, overall, our perception of Disney, I tend to think that it is run very well in the places that sure. it takes up. And, yeah, so expansion of that. One thing that I was thinking of when I think of Disney ruling the world is basically a giant Disney world. A literal <laughs> Disney world. Basically. That's a great and, idea. Is that Disney economically viable, though? Guys. Would that mean that the entire world is the most magical place on Earth? Yeah. And if the whole world is the most magical place on Earth, but none of it is. The countries, the countries are the parks. So it's like, oh, I went to America hmm. Land today. Right. <laughs> I'm in Canada Land. Today. It's it's like uh, it's like an Epcot. You have like the different countries, but like the countries are the parks. I right. went to Botswana land. Yay. I went to Botswana <laughs> land. <laughs> like every country just becomes a, a, a country land. So then oh. would it actually be a realistic way to rule things? Because things would still be broken up into districts. Could there be a separate, smaller, I guess, regional See, government still... for breaking up the whole world into the separate lands? So we're talking like a really loose oligarchy with districts mickey mouse yeah no i think this is i think it's it's a theocracy with mickey mouse as god <laughs> oh yeah well that would work too to go back to the character idea so yeah that's what i was just gonna say the character yes. idea i just keep going back to that and thinking like 
it would be it would be so weird because there would be Disney characters everywhere. Is Mickey or Oswald God? Uh, oh. uh, no. I think that Oswald would be like the 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 Lucifer character who was th- thrown out from Disney World Heaven. Wait, what is this epic Mickey? <laughs> I can just imagine Goofy in real life. That would be a sight for sore eyes. Oh no! It'd be it'd be interesting to say the least. Where would like where would each of the characters go if everything's broken well, into a land? Would there be certain characters that live in certain lands because that's how probably. it is. In the but like if if Disney characters came to life, what about Disney Pixar films? Would the Pixar film characters come to life with them? Or Yes. One hundred percent. I think Pixar Paradise would. Falls Land. Hmm. I think of <laughs> I don't know. I still I still think of Pixar I still think of Pixar as its own entity. But the Disney Pixar films, like I'm just thinking of Toy Story because yeah. if toys came to life, childhood dreams would be real. Coming to Disney World soon. Yes. That's exactly right. And I would love to help anybody plan a trip. (laughs) I would like to go see Toy Story Land this summer at Hollywood Studios in Walt Disney. Here's my car. I'll tell you another thing, too. Uh, I, I just want to really speak to this idea of Pixar being a part of this Disney World world because I think that's beautiful. And it really extends things out even past Disney World World into Disney World Space, which is where you would find Wally. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. All right. You can't, you can't escape Disney Wait, World World even if you leave the Earth. Oh, that's true. Disney Earth. Disney Earth. <laughs> and it would extend to infinity and beyond. If Wally would be actually real then what would that say about the planet Earth? Because things don't exactly yeah, go but, well as far as Earth but we're not really that movie. At least not at the beginning. We don't have to really say that like all of the storyline is currently active because then that would be completely chaotic. Like the characters are still alive, but the stories are in the past. So like everything is still Okay, so while it's just in space. Except now Does that mean we would finally get our Emperor's new groove right? <gasps> yes! What would even happen on an emperor in in this beautiful world where Disney uh, runs the earth and we finally get Emperor's New Groove ride? What would happen on an it, emperor's? It's the new lab. Groove ride? No, it's the lab. Right. <laughs> the lab. When oh, they pull oh the yeah, lever? you're right. It is this roller coaster lab, of course. Oh, silly me. That would be fun. Imagine you all of the zoos that we would have with the weird animals, though. I mean, because how many Disney villains get turned into weird animals? Like, um, didn't Isma get That's turned true. into a cat or something at the end? Like, all of the Disney villains that get turned into weird-looking animals and creatures. Mm. We'd have so cool zoos, guys. <laughs> Another good question. is Disney, or Will taxpayers pay for the monorails? No. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. Disney World is privately funded. <laughs> um, if, no, it's all privately funded. Unless unless Pete owns the tax, if he's the, hmm. he he would definitely enforce the taxes. I think. Will we will we have taxes? If Disney rules the world, though, can they force us to buy their products? No. If Jafar still has no. his wand. <laughs> Maybe not legally forced, but they could expand their market. Anything is legal. They rule the world. It's mm. true, unfortunately. That, that is true. Mm. But they're still infringing on our rights. There's no America. Yeah, well, it's we just have Disney. a free market <laughs> if Disney ruled the world. Except, mm, I don't know. 
<laughs> I feel like probably in some in some pocket of the world, despite the Disney rule, just like mm-hmm. Kevin and Thomas will just have like their own pocket of anarchist society. <laughs> I think that Tarzan and Jane would just lead like the protest to save the gorillas. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah, you brought up the zoos, but would zoos be entirely? How would would zoos be they viewed as be, ethical? Yeah, I guess because like, well, no, it, it's true. <laughs> then it but brings in human imprisonment. Have you ever thought about how in like Mickey Mouse, they're animals, but they usually have pets, and their pets are just normal animals? Like, where's the line at? Right. Like, I've always wondered that. Like in Veggie Tales, they eat vegetables. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, there's blurred lines on who qualifies as a human, and then rules get very confusing. And doesn't doesn't Arthur have a dog as well, or something like that? Yes, yeah. he does. He has a. But is that Disney? No, Would, it's not Disney, but it's. Would restaurants serve pork? Hmm. Wait, did you say pork or pork? Porg. Okay, porg. Um, I'm I'm game. I want to eat those. Well, They're useless. They would serve right. great stuff, what? guys. That would bring that would bring Star Wars and Marvel into the equation. Right, which also complicates things. Disney owns a lot. <laughs> oh, more more stuff for space. We would have Star Wars. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. That's true. You wouldn't have to combine. You wouldn't. But have we to wouldn't have all Star own. Wars land to Hollywood Studios. Uh, <laughs> you could actually literally just put it in space. Beautiful. That's another. That's another that's pro. We could get the greatest crossover movies ever. Oh my gosh, we. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing will ever be as great as the crossover. As <laughs> wow. It's just a fact. Very well. I still don't understand why your Twitter is private if you have such amazing tweets. I don't know. It's. I prefer it that way. So we could have the expansion of Disney World World into. Space. <laughs> so, could, would that then bring in colonization of other planets or 100%, the moon? 100 percent. Treasure now planet. Have, yeah. So you have Earth World. Then you would have <laughs> Jupiter World. Disney Jupiter World. Disney. And I mean Pluto is is obvious. That's, <laughs> right. that's a clear one. Right. Pluto would be a planet again. Yeah. It's, char- it's like it's like character planet dining or, you, at Disney World. You have character dining, but now they have character <laughs> planet dining. Pluto. But guys, what if the Pluto planet, since they call it a dwarf planet, what's what if that's where the dwarfs seven live? Dwarves. Oh my gosh, Ooh. that's where you can meet the seven dwarfs and Pluto. Yes. Hmm. Incredible. Yes. Mm-hmm. We should just have a zone that's like nothing but asteroids and call it Alderaan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's a good one, Carrot. <laughs> we replace the moon with a Death Star. We've transitioned from pros and cons of Disney ruling the world to us fantasizing about everything that would happen. <laughs> when you guys it's told me what true. the topic was going to be, in the back of my head, I said, I, I feel like this will just end up derailing somehow. And that's what happened. But, I mean, these are as all, long as the roller coasters don't need to be derail asked. My train of thought has derailed, and there are no survivors. <laughs> uh, 
Wait, but we can also derail that 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 libertarian trolley thing, and then we don't run over anybody. <laughs> oh, good, <laughs> good. That's that's the ideal. <laughs> have you ever thought about the weird rules that Disney World has, though? Like, have you ever seen some of the signs at Disney World? They're like, "Do not drop your child off of this," and they don't make rules unless it's happened before, and you have to make that's the right. rules. <laughs> so, like. <laughs> That's the hard truth. I mean, when you see stupid rules, you just wonder who would do that. Like, but you know it's happened. You say like a you say like a blighted prayer for that family. Like I dropped a candle and broke it, and now there's a sign at the store that says "Do not pick up the candles." I have another con. It 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 would be that we would have to wait in line for everything. No, uh, no, no, not if you have oh. fast pass. You would have fast pass for everything in life. But if everybody had You can only pass. have one a day. No, you get three at the, the the day before. You get to plan 3 in advance. And then after you've used those 3, which you would use very strategically early in the day, then you get a rolling fast pass that you can use every time you hop in line for something new. Then you once you've checked in, then you make a new fast pass. For the next thing you're gonna do, like get gas or. But what if everybody had buy a fast pass? Buy a yogurt. Right. right. You, you know, you, there would be, there would be some pass? level of central planning here, uh, because there would only be a certain number of fast passes uh, that could be given out to any specific experience on Earth yeah. at a given time. But I think you know Disney's done a good job working it out in their 40 mile, 40 square mile area. I think they could expand it out to worldwide and into space well, all the way to Pluto. If Disney was a regular everyday basis, though, there's a couple of things like: would we watch Disney movies anymore, or would we just watch the characters? Or we would live them. Yes. Or we would live like, the Disney movies. Or would we stand in line all the time because after a while it would be everyday life? So would everyone be in line all the time? No, I said you would have fast passes. With fast passes and with just the different levels of admission to Disney and, like, lodging and everything, would that put in a more defined classism? You just brought up my other con, which was they would increase the price of everything by the month. No, no, you're all so wrong. There's so much you can do at Disney World without spending a dime. You don't have to go into the parks if you don't want to. You could have a perfectly nice four to five day vacation at Disney World without ever going into the parks. There's plenty to do there. But can you do that for the rest of your life? Look, I'm saying that if you expanded it out and you made it worldwide... Then not only would you have to expand out the depth and the size of the parks, you would also be expanding out the amount of time that you would be able to spend at these places. So there would be more free experiences, too. And there's always Disney Pluto World, too. <laughs> and there's always yeah, there's always Alder on Land. There would also be, like, things would start to be normalized if they were worldwide. So I guess things would even themselves You out. know what would be stationed on yeah. the moon, right? Say goodnight, Kevin. Jeez. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. <laughs> Kevin Land. Nice. Kevin Land. Wow. That Kevin would be great. A, a whole Kevin, Kevin Land. Land on the moon. That's where he, that's where he can have his governmentless That's where they society. Well, because, or is all of this government all the Christian movies. <laughs> his logo has has the moon on it. Yeah. Should we do a brief summary to wrap up the segment? I'm not sure that'll be possible. I... But <laughs> There's a lot of con. So my understanding is there's a lot of con. I've not heard one con. I was able to turn everything you guys said around. But there are also a lot of pros if things are broken up 
I guess, efficiently. <laughs> my, my final pro was that everything would be clean. That's right. That's Things would be there clean. Would be, there'd be a trash can every 30 steps. Okay. Pollution wouldn't And some of them would talk to you. Something that could be debated about. Well, yeah. I think that there's also, like, there's pros and cons for both if the Disney company would rule or if the Disney characters would rule. Would we have secret tunnels underneath the earth leading to 100%. everywhere? Yes. 100%. And there would be a Disney yes. movie about those tunnels. A <laughs> yes. whole franchise. That's true. And the, Maze would Runner. the Disney vault... <laughs> the Disney vaults would be at the center of the earth, correct? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, and the treasures that you would find... If you dug to the core of the earth to find the Disney vault. Unless... So many great movies. Unless you watch Studio C and then it's in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Oh, <laughs> nice. That is funny. Wow. Well, this was productive. So... This was pro- <laughs> we really figured this out. This was very productive. People are going to come back to this in 30 years and be like, wow, they knew everything. They were brilliant. How could they have predicted it? Everything. Everything. <laughs> Alright, so I guess we're done with debating the pros and cons. Does anyone want to say anything to Ryan and Matthew for Appreciation Station Day? I want to thank, mm. say thank you for a fierce beard. Bringing him into our lives is the best thing ever. Thank you for creating and a platform to meet all these lovely people. Amen. Yes, what absolutely. What Mason said, because I, yes. And for, like, making it possible for us to Skype like this. Like, we wouldn't be here if it were not for them. They invented Skype? No, no. <laughs> I'm saying, they did I'm saying we would not be here if it weren't for them, because I would not have known any of you, and, yeah. This deserves a round of applause. And you can get applause by visiting our sponsor, applaudable.com slash Ryan Matlock. <laughs> I was so excited when he sent me that script. I was like, he, he, I, I'm trying to remember exactly how it happened. But I think they were going to record it. And then I was like, dude, dude, just let me do it. Let me do it. I, 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 I got this. I got this. I can do it. That was fun. Uh, that, that was, was fun. a good ad. <laughs> That was a good time. Uh, I guess I would just say to those guys uh, that I appreciate them so much and I have dearly loved every moment I've gotten to spend with them uh, here in Nashville when they come into town. Uh, I, I don't know if they're coming into town this year for BlimeyCon. I hope so. Uh, they are. I'm looking forward to seeing them. But, uh, yeah, great great show. Lots of laughs. Thanks for having me on that one time. Thanks for joining. I'm so happy that you responded. Yeah, I mean, I somebody, yeah, somebody yeah. had to come on here and, and uh, d- d- fix all the mess you guys were talking about. <laughs> all that smack you were talking. You were just defending Disney. <laughs> it's true. You wouldn't have responded. We would have created a horrible dystopia without you. It's <laughs> You really would have. So, it's true. <laughs> we would have just turned everything into Alderaan land. <laughs> all right, well... We know you have to go, Josh, so thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yes. You guys are wonderful people. Great friends now. New friends. Yay! And I can't believe I got to talk to the Josiah Carrot. I <laughs> Wait, honestly... how do you honestly, know yeah. I want to know this. From Twitter! Everyone He's a legend! Knows, everyone knows Josiah. <laughs> I don't have Twitter! <laughs> and and I will never have as much fame as, as the, the one and only Mason M. No, he's internet famous yes, now. That's true. Yeah, I didn't realize until we started recording that this that that Mason was the Mason yes, M. We're all like, friends. A, another living legend uh, in the Blimey Cow <laughs> comment section. Yes, thank you everyone for being on. 
special thanks to Kristen for giving us these questions. Yes. She's enjoying her time in Botswana. Yes. Nothing would be That's possible true. without Polly. Of course she is. That is exactly what If World what War III didn't take over. It's true. Yes. Thank you, everyone. And we'll move on to the next section of the podcast. Peace. Wow, that was a really cool episode. Yeah, I think it was pretty awesome. I would even say fantastic. Thanks, everyone, for doing the show. Everyone! We'd also like to say thank you to Ryan and Matthew one more time. So, all together now, everyone. Happy appreciation. That's Ryan and Matthew. Okay. Nailed it. I need cue cards. Whatever, I'll fix it in post. We did it. Well, it looks like we have reached the end of our fan cast. But before we go, I would like to step into my office of the How Dare You for a second. <clears throat> for those of you who don't remember, in Top Hat, I, Jeff Ross, fill the role of honorary official wordsmith, director and regent extraordinaire, yet operationally unobtrusive, acronymed as How Dare You. Part of my responsibility is to write speeches that Kristen, as president, can deliver to the faces when it is appropriate to do so. Now would be a great time for that, but Kristen is not here at the moment to deliver this speech. Therefore, it is time for what would Kristen would have said. Fellow faces, thank you so much for putting together this fan cast for Ryan and Matthew Appreciation Station Day. I am very pleased with the work that each and every one of you have put in to make this as amazing as possible. However, it is important to keep priorities straight on a day such as today. Therefore, I would like to read you a portion of scripture in the Bible, Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 21. The seventy-two returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus sent 72 disciples out to minister throughout Israel. When they came back from their mission, they were so excited at what they were able to do with God's help. And Jesus told them, there's something even better for you to rejoice about. What's special about April 1st, 2018 is that it's not just Ryan and Matthew Appreciation Station Day, but it's also Resurrection Sunday, an opportunity for us to remember the final act of the saving work that Jesus did for us that we might have hope and a future, that this world isn't the end. It's not a futile existence. Rather, we have the opportunity to believe in Jesus, to live for him, to serve him, and to make a difference for him. This fan cast is awesome, awesome, fantastic, but as easy as it is to rejoice in making the best fan cast of all time, rejoice even more in what Jesus has done for you. Thank you. And that concludes what would Kristen would have said. Now you can say of this fan cast, It's Christian! 
And it's Kristen. I mean, you could if if she had actually said those things, but. Anyway, if you have questions about Jesus or anything else, you can email Ryan and Matthew at questions at oxcableshow.com because they thrive on questions. And if you would like to support them in the work they do making the Ox Cable, but you didn't get to participate in this fan cast, that's okay. They accept monetary donations at patreon.com slash ryanmatlock. If you donate enough every month, there is a reward for you to have your name mentioned on the Ox Cable. Here's a word from one of those patrons now. The Ox Cable, as always, is sponsored by Manalive Smith and the American Goose, the Canada Goose's lesser known second cousin. Remember the hashtag for this episode is either hashtag eat the cold fries or hashtag not eat the cold fries, depending on which side of the aisle you are on. My name is Jeff Ross. And I'm Franklin, and this has been a production from the Ox Cable Faces. Franklin, it's been a pleasure editing this podcast with you. Same. And I'd also like to say real quick, thanks to all of our guests for coming on the show and keeping us all in line. And I think that's all the time we have for today. See you all next time. Okay, bye. <clears throat> a public service announcement. You may have noticed that Angie was not in our fan cast. She knew about our project and our goal. Alas, we sent her messages, but she did not follow suit. Therefore, she gets only one line in this podcast. I am Groot. Thank you. What do you think? I think I did a really good job impersonating yours truly, Chris. I don't think I made a single Chris take. Except for maybe that one. Say goodnight, Kevin. Good night. And the first shall be last. Is is that it? Wow. Considering how many times it was mentioned, I can't believe we didn't get... <laughs>